0: Hello, hello, hello,
1: hello, hello. It's good to see you say hello. Welcome to the Huskies Hockey Podcast. Weldy and Andrew are sitting here uh, ready to talk about your Huskies taking a big pair of 6-1 to one victories over Bemidji State. Uh, I, you know, obviously was worried and tremendous going into this game and the series and sure enough, uh, I, they they shut me up pretty quick and I'm, I'm glad and I'm glad for it. Uh, we got special guests here on the podcast, uh, the KVSC guys, Alex and Brian uh, back here. We had them on earlier in the uh, in the season, and uh, for our season preview, and had some prop bets uh, we thought would be a good time to revisit. See how this uh, first half of the season has gone in their eyes. Uh, Alex, go ahead, just uh, talk for a couple of minutes, uh, just uh, so they know what what voice is yours.
2: Um, just perfect. <laughs> Great start. I, I try. I try my hardest, but no, yeah, it was. Uh... Tale of, I guess I wrote the article on our website, a tale of kind of two seasons so far for St. Cloud State, even though we're at the halfway point. The start probably couldn't have gone any worse for St. Cloud than it did. I mean, they, they I mean, in terms of, you know, salvaging overtime losses more than anything, they they never really, didn't really lose in regulation uh, at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, in that, in that department, they did well enough. But then the quick turnaround that they've had ever since conference play started and then, you know, keeping going forward into the new year, it's been a great turnaround and, uh, the, everybody, it feels like everybody's contributing on each end. I, I'm not going to fill the full, however many minutes you wanted me to talk, but (laughs) yeah.
1: Nope. That's perfect.
2: I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point.
1: All right. Brian, just overall.
0: Well, I mean, for me personally, I think, um, for St. Cloud state, they were, they, they very much needed, um, any sort of bounce back that they could once conference play started Um, we'll get into this probably a little more later, but I think the, I think the, um, the lack of a tougher start to the the non-conference schedule, excuse me, um, has made that bounce back a little easier maybe than it probably could have been or should have been in in a different scenario. Um, but I mean, you only, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you and you eventually do play the best team. So we'll see what St. Cloud is made of down the stretch, but for now, um, they're sitting in a really good spot. I think, I think specifically kind of towards the Bemidji state series, um, which we'll, we'll focus on more in a little bit, but um, the, the fact that, you know, not only beating a team of Bemidji state, that's middling and missing one of, if not their best defensemen to the world juniors right now. Um, and not only to beat them, but beat them convincingly uh, two nights in a row, six, one scores, It's a huge confidence booster for this group. Uh, Even though Bemidji State's struggling a lot, they're still a conference leader in the CCHA. Um, You know, it's debatable on how much weight should actually be put into that uh, distinction, but regardless, that's still a Midwestern conference that a a team has to be in the lead in, and Bemidji State just so happens to lead the CCHA right now. And St. Cloud um, won convincingly. I think... I would argue that Sunday's performance was more convincing than Friday's, just in the sense of St. Cloud got a lot more shots on net and really outpossessed Bemidji state and just kept hammering, uh, the net. Uh, it was ridiculous. Uh, the, I, I think that was the heaviest possession game that I've seen the Huskies play mm-hmm. so far this year. Um, so to get a win like that, um, just, I, obviously, um, technically first half but you know it's split 17 or it's 34 games so for game 18 the first of the technical second half um it's a huge win to get things started especially when you've got a really tough january schedule coming up so i think st cloud's in a good place and i think um this month while it worries me a little bit i think we'll uh, <laughs> see what the guys are made of
1: sure sure thing Yeah, And then also, you know, just for, you know, I would say the next, I would like to say half hour, but let's be honest, it's probably going to be 45 minutes to an hour just talking (laughs) about Bemidji State the way uh, we talk. Um, I will mess up Saturday and Sunday. So just assume if I accidentally say Saturday, I am saying Sunday in like (laughs) normal-ish, like in in real time, just because of uh, uh, everything, just my how everything is wired with you know years of just yeah anyway um yeah no um I like it let's uh let's go ahead and talk about uh, Friday's game Appamiji. I was a sucker that doled out thirty dollars uh, to go ahead and watch it uh, so I got a whole whole month of flow uh flow sports coming at me um yeah I I was really. Impressed, obviously, you know, right? Uh, kind of as they came out of the gate, uh, Andrew. Um, just uh, kind of overall, um, your thoughts on Friday's matchup, and um, your uh, your take on uh, on uh, Saint Cloud's performance against uh, Bemidji. Well,
3: yeah, it was a it's a definitely a good start. You know, mid into the game, you get a, a one nothing lead and two minutes or a two goal lead, but five minutes into the game. So, I mean, he couldn't ask for a better start on the road and, and yes, I like, uh, like Weldy, I, I'm in the $30 a game category. <laughs> uh, it's going to watch the game. So I'll plunk down. I guess that's, you, you can, you're yes. testing my limits, but, uh, $30 for one game is, uh, apparently limits that I'll, that I'll go to, but, um, but yeah, and you know, the,
1: that's, Second that's pretty. Period. That's pretty bold for us to say with the radio guys on too. <laughs> so,
3: well, I was and I was as I as I have pretty much every game this year, telecasting with the uh, KBSC stream. So I, I was able to listen. Yeah, there you go and watch at the same time. Just gotta pause the TV a little bit to sync it up, but I've been getting pretty good at that actually. So, hmm. so yeah, I was able to to to, to listen to both, uh, and yeah, a little. A little dicey in the second period there, you know, power play, which, you know, it did score some, some goals this weekend for the Huskies. I thought was a bit disappointing, especially the Friday. You could have put that game uh, oh, or Saturday, Sunday. See, I'm going to do it now too. You could have put that game away much earlier than third period. Had they yeah. been a little better at power play and they give up the shorthanded goal uh, against Bemidji on Friday to make it three to one. And so a little, a little dicey there, but after they did score their one power play goal with Ingram to make it four to one, I thought that was really the kind of the clincher. Third period, two other goals, boat race was on, kind of coasted to a win there. And so, seeing as you know me and Weldy, if we had any trepidation, I, I was a little bit more confident than Travis was. But yeah, you were. if you had, if I had any worries, it had been about this road game uh, and kind of putting away putting the game away early enough and winning as Brian said, convincingly uh, was, was definitely a good sign and able to spread some offense around. You mentioned we've talked about Rosborough in the last month or so, really kind of stepping up and he's scoring another goal goal in each game. Cooper Wiley scoring his first goal of the season that put him up two to nothing. Uh, He had three points on the weekend and, you know, Ingram had a solid weekend, two points per night Vd gets the the scoring started and putting up with 30 plus shot attempts throughout the weekend. He was obviously all over the ice and hungry to get on the stat sheet. So not a ton of negatives really to say about this weekend. It was a thorough butt kicking and I enjoyed watching every second of it. Now, I, again, a little, little scary there in the second period on Sunday, but other than that, A little bit of minor screaming at the TV for not scoring a little too odd, too much there in second, but it was a good weekend. Um, 12 to two combined score. That's nothing really too much to complain about.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Alex, kind of um, first off, how was Bemidji? How was the nightlife? How was how was the lake? um but uh i don't know what else is up there but uh how <laughs> how, how how was the game um overall from your from your vantage because
2: well, you guys went off, up there
1: right i, yeah, I should ask but, i should make sure right
2: yeah well well, first off we uh we didn't get to experience any of that we we went there called the game and left that's usually how it goes <laughs> for most of our uh road trips but yeah uh being there um it's a nice rink it's it, it's always enjoyable to you know at a nice rink where, you know, you get good, you know, appliances whenever you're down there, good booth space, all that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, in terms of in terms of the hockey being played, yeah, uh, Vidi Miettinen scoring right off the bat on a 2-on-1, of, of course, beautiful shot like he always has, back bar and out just quickly enough. And then uh, he just uh, kind of running uh, out of ways to describe – just the way that he is playing, you know, so far this season, because we, we saw him last year kind of take a bit of a distributor role towards the end of the year when, it, you know, Yami was on his, you know, high horse throughout the end of the season. And now he's starting to shoot the puck a lot more, kind of what we saw in his freshman year. I mean, of course, he had 20 shots on on Sunday's game. So, I mean, that's pretty much what it's going to have to – What what's kind of been up with him. So it's always nice to see him going. And then uh, one thing to touch on with him as well, I said the distributor role – he had a beautiful assist on Adam Ingram's power play goal. It was a no-look pass from the opposite side of the rink. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he's taken a step. Ryan Rosborough, as you as you mentioned, he's been heating up the past couple of weeks. He throws a puck on net. I think it might have hit a Bemidji player in front. I'm not 100% sure. I haven't really watched that goal attentively back enough for me to really think um, about. But it's been nice to see him finally get rewarded for the good play. And I think, Weldy, you made a... Tweet about it, saying he's getting the bounces that Joe Molinar got mm-hmm. early in the season, and I, I think I tend to agree with that. I mean, that Ryman goal, or the the goal that he got on set on Sunday from Jack Ryman was was pretty much the exact same play as Mason Salquist to Joe Molinar against Duluth in that Friday yep. game at the Herb. So. But yeah, it was just, it was one, I'd say that's in terms of, you know, stat sheet stuffing, I'd say that was probably the best all around game that both forwards, defensive, and goaltending played. It felt like, at least in terms of contributions, and Brian, I think you'll agree with me on this. It didn't feel like that game was six to one at all. It felt like, it felt like a more of a three to one victory or a four to one victory in my book, at least on Saturday, or on Friday, excuse me.
0: Yeah, Um I mean, for, for Friday's purposes, I mean, the fact that St. Cloud not only, um, scored six goals, but they scored six goals on just 28 shots, um, is, I mean, sometimes that happens in hockey, but I think two, two of the, two of the facets that go into that is first off, I think, um, I don't even think Matias Schultz played that bad on Friday uh, in terms of just kind of eye test, um, I don't know exactly what all of the kind of expected goals are, graded chances. Um, I don't have access to those stats, unfortunately. I wish I did. Um, but the the other half of it, too, is that St. Cloud State was generating some scoring chances that, at least on Friday, and what it looked like to me is, you know, it, it would be hard for them to miss some of those chances. I mean, VD's was really impressive. But, you know, like the, the, the third goal that was scored was a really weird Deflection, Cooper Wiley's was was pretty nice, but you know Adam Ingram, Jack Peerton, and Dylan Anhorn's goals were all really difficult saves that Scholl would have had to make in that situation. Um, and what it really looked like to me is Bemidji State couldn't handle um, keeping their defensive third just kind of on lock. Um, I don't know if that's a pole camp thing. Like I haven't really watched enough Bemidji State hockey in terms of like the full season.
1: Yeah, it's it probably for the past.
0: <laughs> but uh man the the fact that you know a team in Bemidji State that heading into this weekend wasn't that bad defensively and had some pretty encouraging possession stats just really crumbled in their own end if pole camp is that big of a deal to that team that's a really tough loss and obviously they'll get them back soon uh because the juniors are they're not like close to done but they're getting there um But it it was just very interesting to see because I I thought the games this weekend were going to be closer than what any Husky fans wanted. I thought St. Cloud, you know, would have would have would have come out on the on the right end of it. Um, But I thought it would have been, you know, like a 2-1, 3-1, (laughs) 3-2 kind of game. And it just not even close. I mean, to outscore an in-state rival 12 to 2 over the weekend is not only impressive, but it makes a statement, I think,
2: too. That was the one thing me and you vehemently agreed on. Was like, yeah, these games are just gonna be way too close for comfort. Yeah, on the we're drive up. Yeah. yeah, we're just like, nope, six to one, both games. Cool, thanks.
0: Yeah. <sighs> don't don't listen to us at the at the end of the day in terms of analysis. Don't we're we are not hockey minds. We have Zach Chapman for that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh
1: huh. Well, I felt like I mean, especially you're talking about you know 28 shots there on Friday's game, you know. 13 in the first period. And I felt like I think 11 or so was in the first half of the first. I mean, it was kind of like they got shot out of a cannon for the Huskies. And, you know, like you said, the goals that were scored um, for those, I mean, V D coming down alone and he even had somebody on the off wing to pass to, But, you know, I, I wanted VD to take the shot. Obviously he wanted to as well. Uh, Rosberg, I mean, yeah, well that's true too. Uh, I mean, Ingram like that again, that Ingram, you said that no look pass from the sidewall and, you know, I'm happy that, you know, we had another power play plan versus, you know, kind of feeding the one timer over and over again. Uh, so that was, that was nice. And Ingram was able to get two power play goals over the weekend on it. But, um, yeah, I thought like Scholl kind of even you know you don't often say this you know being up three nothing after one, but even kind of kept them a little bit in the game because there were some also great a chances. Pavicic mm-hmm. also had a couple of good chances too um, on rushes. One of one of the rushes was flubbed. That was right before School. Uh, goal, um, and then there was another one that I think like was an empty net that was that that I think bassy got some kind of like escape laid on or something like that was able to kind of, to kick it out or whatnot. But I mean, other than those couple of chances, yeah, it was just kind of kind of domination the whole way. And it was like, it was just never, I don't know. It was one of those where it's like, God, I paid thirty dollars to see us stomp stomp them like this. So it was like, I wanted some intrigue here. Uh, I, I don't know if Andrew, if you felt the no, same way. About I was it. fine with a six to one win. <laughs> that was actually pretty fun. Uh, did you,
2: I, I liked it. Did you end up watching that Stars Lanterns game? Like I read, like I suggested.
1: Um no, I ended up actually playing uh well, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom because my uh, daughter is hooked on watching me play that. Uh, um, oh, nice so um which actually just has turned into me buying and redesigning the house that she wants me to keep (laughs) so i'm like not even playing the game and then she gets nervous when the blood moon comes so she gets scared by it anyway but uh so that's what i ended up doing um but after um, our game ended i did catch a little bit at the end of the madison because obviously bernovec playing so i wanted to check out with him um so I was just kind of flipping around some of the other USHL games, and I probably will this weekend since you know I've got nothing, you know we got nothing going on. So, um, uh, any other final points, um, kind of about uh, about Friday's game before we kind of shift gears into Saturday? Uh, you know, put put a dollar in the jar, uh. <laughs> before we transition into Sunday's game.
3: Just that they look like St. Cloud. Just look real fast, yeah. and I don't think I don't think Bemidji has seen that really much this year. And you can kind of tell, like, sort of caught them flat-footed a bit. That's why I liked starting this this series at on the road because the long break. I think the road the road game kind of focuses the players more so than if you're staying at home the whole time. So it it, it felt like they just they had more jump right from the puck drop. And Bibidius is just kind of bewildered and it sunk him that first period down three nothing. And
2: mm-hmm.
3: it, uh, like I said, just brief moments of, uh, you know, after the shorthanded goal, I would say too, like that shorthanded goal with Solquist. I mean, I, I didn't think Salquist paid terribly. He just looked a little slow this weekend. And I'm wondering if he has a bit of a, some nagging pain issues from, from his injury as well. But, um,
1: I uh I tweeted out after that it looked like his controller got unplugged because uh <laughs> I, I felt like he didn't really hustle back on that uh on that play to lead to that shorthanded goal. So But again, nit- nitpicking. But then again, very- I was like well and then yeah, you know, I obviously haven't been, you know, number one on uh, you know, the Mason Solquist fan club or anything like that, but I have given him a lot of credit uh, this season. So Yeah. I'm just uh, concerned
3: that there was some injury concerns and we should mention too. I mean, Josh Litke leaves this game after taking a hit and doesn't, doesn't play in the Saturday game. Neither And and Reiners losing a Sean or was that, was that uh, illness related or was that injury? It was injury. Um, Reiners still not back this week and we thought maybe we'd see him perhaps with the extra week off here. Maybe he's good to go in Denver. I, Hoping that our KVSC guys can give us some injury updates in as well. I was a little surprised if we can kind of go in a Sunday game to see Posh get the start. And you guys, when I met, when I heard you guys in Omaha, did you did you mention that there was a bit of a tweak there with an injury with Bassie, which is why Posh got that start? Perhaps is there anything any lingering effects there? Maybe you want to give us a, an injury update. And
1: and and first I, I just have to ask because Jim Rich was saying posh all game on Posh. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, it was it was, yeah. it was all posh. <laughs> so I it's, it's posh. Okay, all this.
2: They He probably just Sorry. didn't read the pronunciation guide. It's okay. Listen to the radio, kids.
1: <laughs> yep, there you
2: go. And I love, I love, I love Jim Rich. By the way, he's he's electric. Yeah, he's, he's a beauty. Uh, but in terms of in terms of injuries, uh, Sean and Lidke were both uh, out on Sunday with upper body injuries, is what Dave Shayek told us. Bassey, Bassi for Posh on Sunday. It, Shayak it, just said everybody's jockeying for, for ice time right now. So it just feels like it was just a decision to give Posh the go ahead. And by the way, Posh has played really well in the two and a half, as you said, games that he's played. So mm-hmm. I,
1: I, I and and that's where I was like, you know, or maybe I'm just actually thinking about this now. But I, I, I wonder if Larson would have given Posh the start. Um, if he was here or, or I'm if...
3: surprised that it, it, they didn't discuss that pr- prior to him leaving for Sweden.
1: And they, like, and they hey. yeah. yeah,
3: I don't know if that was the plan. Maybe after the six to one thumping, they're like, Hey, we can, we can win with our backup in <laughs> perhaps that was part of the equation. It's
1: always, yeah. Always kind of a dangerous, uh, <laughs> a dangerous assumption against a team like Bemidji.
0: Did we, and, uh, did we so... want to talk about um, a Sean Lidke and Reiner's at all? Um, yeah, I mean, if you have any updates, because yeah. I thought the, coming into
3: the into the series that I thought that it was potential that we're going to see Reiner's back, but are they just kind will, of being a little cautious and maybe Denver, he'll be back?
0: What it sounds like, it was kind of a, he, he sounds close to being back, as far as I can tell. Um, I mean, I don't have any confirmation either which way Alex and I try to do our best to read in between the lines of what people tell us in terms of, you know, kind of... Not necessarily, you know, um, not saying enough, but more just kind of like a, a public relations answer, more than just kind of a straight up, you know, yeah. uh, not giving the whole story. I think I would definitely expect Lidkey and Sean back for Denver. I wouldn't be worried about them um, from not only feeling from Shayak and probably the rest of the coaches, but just in you know, kind of the offhand conversations that Alex, Zach, and I had with those two over the weekend they sounded confident that they'll just build this is just, just kind of like oh you know a little tweak or whatever i'll be fine kind of thing so um reiners will be an interesting one because i thought he would have come back this week um and in in theory we would have really needed him especially if lidkey uh <laughs> since lidkey got hurt on friday on paper having Ewert, which you know um uh, good on Ewert for stepping up to to the plate in that role on Sunday, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, the uh, I, I would hope Reiners is back for Denver, but because my expectation was he'd be back for Bemidji State, I guess I'm just being cautiously optimistic. So well, <laughs> I, yeah. I wouldn't worry about Lidkey and Ashampoo.
2: And 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 Mick has reported what Reiners' injury has been already, so I can I, th- I feel like we can go ahead and indulge on what is up with him, right? If if Mick is, is reporting, please well let me if, know.
1: Yeah, uh, if, if Mick's reported it, I'm, I must have missed it. So
2: uh, Reiners broke his thumb a couple of, a couple of uh, series. Oh yeah,
1: so he'll be back.
2: Uh, he was that just... like
3: Western the Western Michigan series when it seems yes. like he's been off for a while. He he,
2: he scored his he, he got his first career point his first career assist and then hasn't played since. <laughs>
3: That's like Grace Wolf uh, getting injured for the year after hitting the Powell
2: <laughs> from weldy. God, that's the
3: curse.
1: Yep, the, the, from the uh, from curse. talking
2: from talking to Shayak, he it sounds like Well, Reiners is traveling with the team again, which is a good thing by the way. So he is he's traveling with them. He wasn't traveling when he was freshly injured. So it's good to have him back on trips, but yeah, he's still wearing a cast. I think they just did some sort of follow-up checkup with him, so if I had to place a bet as to when he's when it, he'd be back, I'd say he'd probably be back by North Dakota. You I, might I, think I, that I,
3: he's been, he's going to be out longer than Denver.
2: I I wouldn't. I I'd say a safe bet is North Dakota, but I don't expect him to be in his full you know with Jack Peart pair for. I don't say, and I think he'll be extra skater until next month. I think that's safe to say, right? Maybe I don't. know. I mean it's 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 not it's not like he broke his foot though. I mean. Dylan Anhorn did that last I, year.
0: Um, <laughs> don't don't jinx will, us here. <laughs> I mean, with, with a broken thumb, I mean, it, obviously it sucks and it, and it hurts when you're stick handling, but at least with hockey players, hand injuries are not as detrimental as uh, leg and foot injuries seem to be. At least and,
2: he's pra- tell, it, so. it, and he's practicing in full capacity with the team right now. He's just not ready for game time sure. yet. So. Sure.
1: And I mean, I you know, I I thought Wiley played really well. I I actually really liked the the pure Wiley pairing together that they that they put in. I thought I thought this is Pierrett's overall strongest weekend too. I th- I thought he looked, I mean, I don't want to say wonderful, but I thought he looked incredibly good, um, both games.
3: And he mentioned I liked how you were you were stepped up uh, mm-hmm. playing with Anhorn there for for Lidke. I thought he was. He was pretty decent, too. I mean, again, yeah.
2: the top pair gingers up there with Anhorn and, and Eward. <laughs> well, the thing oh. with Ewart too, is just that he,
0: um, I'm sure there were nerves being in that type of role, but he was put there for a matchup reason, and I'm sure part of what Chiak was thinking, too, is that the captain can lead a of freshman if there are mistakes that are made. Um, but he didn't he didn't look super fearful out there from what i could tell i mean i yeah, I don't same. have kind of the the all 10 or all 12 view whatever you want to call it of, of the ice and all that i was just kind of on the ice level for that but uh from what I can tell Ewart was still being was was doing all right in his own end but he was also joining in on the play on offense you know he was pinching mm-hmm. up the boards he was keeping the puck cycling you know he wasn't he wasn't just afraid to you know, be out there. It, it seems like the guy um, could be hoping to increase his role here. Um, I don't know if that's possible for this year because of how many upperclassmen or not upperclassmen, but how many sophomores and up we have in the defensive core and mm-hmm. arguably one of the best defensive cores in the country. Um, so we'll see, but I mean, the fact that you is. Um, not only a freshman, but he's regarded as a late bloomer as a prospect, I think bodes well for St. Cloud State in terms of his um, career pro- projection here uh, uh, with the Huskies.
1: Yeah, and it's also nice that we don't have to rush Reiner's back. You know, we have mm-hmm. that depth, and we've got that uh, stability back there. Uh, let's tackle Sunday's game. Um, first and foremost, the, you know, kind of the first thing I wanted to to – kind of say is i don't know if it's because of the bemidji the local or the fact that it was new year's eve but i like watching on tv i was impressed with the amount of people that were there um there were yeah even looking it was like nearly five thousand for and mm-hmm. for not a what i would call a marquee matchup by any means with it big being bemidji i thought you know maybe the 10 dollars tickets also helped but it was nice to see a lot of people there uh, at the game.
2: Yeah, I that's kind of the first thing that I usually say when I talk to Brian or Zach whenever we're getting towards puck drop is, hi, there's a, there's a good amount of people here that I'm a little bit more surprised. And I don't know if it's just a me thing for this year, or Brian, I don't know if you notice noticed this too. It feels like there's more people in the arena this year for games than there were at least in the, our two years that previous that that we've been here. I don't uh, know if it's just me. I, mean, it, I, think, I think maybe for...
0: I think maybe for some of the series that, um, you know, Valdy, like you said, that aren't necessarily marquee matchups. I think there's more. Um, and I think St. Cloud is, I think the university has made more of a concerted effort of marketing the team around the town. Like I'm noticing more St. Cloud state just kind of yeah. garb um, around the city and, um, you know, they're, they're really pushing for Saturdays to be more of a family outing. That's why there's a six o'clock puck drop. Instead of a seven o'clock one. Um, and the fact that they did it at four o'clock on New Year's is not only good for, you know, families, but it's also to do something like not compete with the Vikings game. You know, that was that was that day as well. Um, obviously, if you watch both those games, St. Cloud's uh, result was a lot better than, <laughs> than the Vikings. But um, I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, and, you know, the, the attendance for a New Year's Eve game, a college hockey New Year's Eve game uh at least on St. Claude's website his report is reported as 4,789, which I was not expecting that high of a number for yeah. a, for a holiday game. So
1: especially a um, non-conference one.
0: Yeah. So I, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm obviously expecting North Dakota to be packed. Um, when mm-hmm. that comes around, I'm Duluth was pretty well seated. Uh, I'm sure the home Denver series is going to get some attention too when that rolls around in March. Um, but, yeah, pleasantly surprised with how close we got to 5,000 uh, this past Sunday. And they were loud, too. Yeah, they were.
1: Um, and probably a lot of cheers as we talk about Sunday's game are um, missing Okabe. Uh, finding finding the score sheet. As, as I said, it was going to be a breakout uh, series for him with his one goal. I'm going to take it as a, as a W, as I so few have on this podcast. Um, but, uh, you know, just, uh, happy to see him, you know, felt like it was kind of a weight off his shoulders when he finally was able to bury that off. Again, a, a great feed from Pierre. Yeah. That, um, that
2: celebration. It wasn't a celebration of, I scored a goal. It was a celebration of it's over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Um, which is, I think in direct opposition of how I felt with a coin school when I felt like there was like the team was just so like utter jubilation that, uh, that he was able to get on the score sheet. Like they sell, it seemed like he was the type of guy that the teams like really wanted to root for and really like gathered around um, kind of like the, and, and when he uh, popped that one in, like everyone was seemed to be really excited more for him scoring than the goal itself.
0: Well, and when we talked to coach um uh, Alex, Zach and I, um, Shayek was singing a coin's praises before the game, talking about how well he played in the Michigan game that he played, uh, which I'm sure was a tough ask to, you know, bring in a guy who is in, you know, Canadian juniors to go up against all of these, um, or Canadian junior B against all of these, you know, like talented, lots of NHL draft picks up and down the ice. And, um, he played well and, uh, he's a guy who, um, can, be a needle mover on the ice because of how quick he is. Um, and I think, I think he's always been good offensively, but he just hasn't really displayed his shot all that much. And he's had a tough time gaining or earning great chances. And he finally put one in this season. And now what he's got two career goals and one career assist. And, um, it it also creates an issue, which, um, you know, is not a a, a topic for St. Cloud to worry about right now, but he also creates now a problem of who you take out of the lineup for Denver (laughs) because a coin played so well on Sunday uh, that it might be hard to justify switching out uh, the forwards that you saw uh, from that New Year's Eve game heading into January 12th.
3: Yeah, it's a a good problem to have. I've mentioned it this year where guys...
1: As fans, it's a good problem. I mean... (laughs) And probably for them, too. But uh, I, I bet a little bit of hand-wringing when it comes to, like, Shyak and yeah. Arson making these decisions.
3: Right. But, I mean, we've, we've seen guys like Rosborough step up in the last month after really not seeing much action at all for the first, I don't know, six weeks of the year. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Gross, I thought, played well again this weekend. Ryman, they've had spurts where they've contributed key goals for this team a coin, you know, seen him like once a month, basically this year. And he pops in a two, a two point performance, which was really nice to see. And, you know, we we're, we're forgetting more about guys like Jack Rogers and mm-hmm. Nick ports. Those are kind of like casualties of, of this positional battle. And, but it's nice to know from a fan's perspective that we've got guys that are itching to be in the lineup. And once they do crack that lineup, um, they're able to produce goals and produce like even before coin scored that goal i thought he had a number of good shifts i, I recognized him on the ice and you can see like just from a, a jolt of energy from a fourth line player that hasn't played in a while like i think that can you know inspire the rest of the team as well so yeah it's it's tough to be in their shoes because you just don't know from a day to day uh, game to game situation whether or not you're going to play but it's comforting from a fan's perspective that whoever they do put in there it's going to give the Huskies a good uh, chance to win.
1: Um, You know, first period um, of, of that game, you know, Rosborough with the goal, um, Okabe, that four on four. And then you kind of think, all right, here we go. Um, You know, just like last night, um, we're going to start kind of pouring it on. Um, Bibinji makes it two to one on kind of a, kind of a weird play. Puck bouncing kind of all over the place. Um, you know, usually I talk about how chances and failed clears have really burned the Huskies. This, you know, I I think it would be hard pressed to say that was the answer, but at the same or that was the reason why this one went in. Um, but at the same time, it was just kind of a weird thing that a couple of bounces didn't go our way, and um, then the uh, Bemidji player had a great shooting lane, ended up passing it to just a wide open. Uh, 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 what's his name? Logan.
2: What, what's his last name?
1: Thank you. Atch. You know, just perfect there on the back door, able able to put it in. And then as that period went on, Bemidji really started kind of to ratchet it up and put on the chances. And Posh, I thought I thought looked incredibly calm and collected, square to the shooter, not flopping around. I thought he looked excellent back there, and it, it was one of those that. It started as going to be kind of the same story as uh, Friday's game, but it turned out that you know Bemidji was going to throw some haymakers back, and it it turned out to be a, a tight knit two to one game after the first. And I don't know, I was I wasn't feeling as confident going in uh, going into the second.
2: Yeah, it felt like Bemidji kind of controlled play there for a little bit, and then for the early part of the second, it felt like that as well. Um, But I, once again, the trademark of Larson teams is you kind of wait back for a team to make a mistake, and then you kind of spring forward. So St. Cloud, in Larson's tenure at St. Cloud State, he's uh, never—they've never really been focused on on pure, you know, zone possession like they had on Sunday or Saturday. But they they waited back, they weathered the storm. Bemidji threw Mm -hmm. some good opportunities, as you said, Posh looked really smooth and you know durable and one thing i want to touch on brian you saw it uh, specifically in that game he was really comfortable handling the puck whenever he's out of the crease <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah maybe, maybe uh, a, little a little too comfortable, comfortable. <laughs> well and there,
2: there was a point uh, in that in that
0: second period where he got burned pretty bad on mm-hmm. playing a puck behind the net and that almost gave bemidji their second goal um but i think one thing that um is really encouraging when it comes to posh um and obviously he's just a freshman, and uh, I, I, I don't have a good guess as to what Bassie's going to do after this year, and I don't even want to try. Um, so the, the, the thing that to focus on, which is Posh right now, is he looks really confident as a freshman. I mean, he got thrown into a really um, bad spot in terms of the Mankato game. Obviously, that's kind of the thing you take on as a backup in that spot. Like you have to. It, you have to accept the fact that hey, I might be potentially be thrown into this kind of route. Um, and he played even even then he played well um, when he was put into that really adverse spot. Um, the Omaha series, I think he played good enough to earn a win. Um, obviously, he ended up dueling with Simon Latkozy, and that ended up being a really fun uh, tangle of underclassmen goaltenders. That you know we could see that chess match continue throughout both those two's careers as they get older as college hockey players. So I don't know, maybe that's a matchup that I could, that I could argue should be earmarked in the future. Um, But another thing too, is just um, the, the coaching staff and more specifically um, Dave Shyack was so uh, in terms of the things that he had to say about posh, it was just so positive um, uh, on Sunday and it, it really shows um, he has a lot of confidence he doesn't look like a freshman out there when he plays. Um, he is super confident not a lot of things really rattle him even when there's a big s- scramble out in front his number one his number one goal is to just locate the puck and make the right play you know he's not he's not kind of succumbing to that pressure or the moment or anything like that he's making the right play um, now like I like we said earlier sometimes he's a little too confident which I mean, that will be fixed. I'm sure as, as the years go on. Um, and I, I think no, one thing no, too, no,
1: we're going to go full stay lock on this. I think, I think it's going to get <laughs> you buy the ticket, you ride the ride. I think, and, I think and, it's going to get, it's going to get, maybe weird. that is
0: the case. Maybe that is the <laughs> case. Maybe he'll be college hockey's, uh, Martin Brodeur, uh, yep. you know, who knows, but I think, uh, one thing, uh, and I'm sure Alex can attest to this too. Um, Posh is a guy who, um, and it's surprising as a goalie, um, as, and a freshman goaltender too, he's comfortable um, around people outside of just like the locker room and the team. Like he, he talks to media members. I can't really think of a goalie who's been that open. To talking Bristola. with people, yeah, like usually, usually goalies are super cagey and they don't well, and they don't to like mad. to talk. <laughs> they, they don't like to talk to media members, and I completely understand it due to the nature of the position. That's not me trying to bash goalies; it's just kind of the nature of you know. I, I see what you. And...
1: I see what you did there with cagey too. That was that was clever.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Um, and uh, Posh is just super. He's just super confident, and he he things you know don't really bother him all that much it seems like he doesn't he doesn't seem like a super you know rigid routine guy as far as i can tell he just wants to go out there and play hockey and he's he's cool with anyone who wants to watch him or cover him i I'm, I'm sure he thinks it's fun so I, he just seems like a really good positive uh addition to to the locker room this year and uh i I I've been pleasantly surprised with how well he's played to uh, start his college career.
2: He, he's a goalie that I feel, and I don't want to, you know, say this and then, you know, it not come to fruition. I feel like if there's any goalie that would be okay with being interviewed pregame before going out there on the ice, <laughs> he would be the one person that would like to answer questions. Because
1: I, I dare you to ask. <laughs> I Oh, he's on the stat sheet. Let's get up for the pregame interview. <laughs>
2: he almost had an assist on Sunday. So that's true. He, yeah, he really wanted that assist too. We talked to him after the
0: game. He was, he he really wanted that point.
2: Yeah. He's uh he's just a, he's a good person. And I, and I don't want to, you know, hard times, you know, you know, pressure, you know, makes diamonds, that kind of thing. But you know, the situation he was in in Sioux Falls that didn't go his way. And then, you know, going to the Nall where he became a starter and became a really good starter in the NHL, uh, to now in the NCAA with a really good hockey team in St. Cloud State, I feel like if the the part of the journey is, you know, being patient. So I feel like he's waited for his opportunity to, you know, seize the opportunity to become a top, uh, you know, whether that be a backup goaltender now or a starter in the future, I feel like he sees the opportunity to, you know, at least make himself look good in the eyes of the people that have been watching him.
1: I wonder who <laughs> – is the all-time leader in St. Cloud State goalie points
2: probably David Rennick?
1: So it could be Rennick. It could be Meyer from those days. I mean, Jeff Smith. Probably... <laughs> we'll be gotta with go those. with the
3: go with the the longevity guys. Probably Rennick or Litza, who was a four-year starter I mean, yeah. as well. Who Just was whoever the, was there
2: the longest? Uh, Bobby Gepford?
1: Uh Not there long remember. enough.
2: Uh, well, I can't
3: remember him having an assist. Charlie
1: Lindgren? He probably did. Lindgren might have. Mike Lee. Mike Lee? Know. I'm on the probably island not, with my, probably not against Mike Lee, Lee Fanta.
3: Probably not.
1: <laughs> so, um, But, you know, as I said, like the last 10 minutes of the first period, it was, you know, Bemidji started getting some momentum. And like you said, early in the second, I thought so as well. They kind of carried that. Um, but as the second went on, it was kind of like a boa constrictor. I thought just kind of suffocating for the Huskies and I thought, okay, we're going to score a couple this period. It didn't happen, but I think there was a good, what, two minute shift in the second period where it was all just possession and zone time. And Shoal was able to stand tall and, and all of the Bemidji players were leaning on their stick after, after that shift. I thought for sure that was going to be in the back of the net. And might I add, it
2: and, and might I add that entire situation was created by the plumber line, by the way. So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah, is that Nine what we're calling boys. them now? Like, I know, like we were thinking, like rats, but we're calling and them plumbers now.
2: That's that's what they've been coined by the team and by at least the coaches have called them the the plumber line. But Larson has called the mm-hmm. team a gritty bunch of rats.
3: Who ex- who in particular is the plumber lines? Is he a Sean? a Sean
2: Um, Sean, Ryman Rosborough usually a mix of those three whoever else is on that line it depends I mean sometimes Hall is there but sometimes Barrett who it is like a a flash Uh, sometimes Barrett who we'll get to who uh made my ears ring in the third period
3: (laughs) yeah that second though too I mean as you mentioned the tide really turned there the St. Cloud was putting on All the pressure aided by three penalties that Bemidji took, including back-to-back too-many-men penalties.
1: Mm -hmm. It's
3: like three minutes apart. I'm sure the uh, coaching staff wasn't too pleased with that. But, uh, yeah, an inability to score there from the Huskies was, like I said, frustrating uh, because they had so much uh, pressure. 20 shots that period. um, To get out of that period just up 2-1 to was discouraging, but – yeah, you had to tip your tip your cat to Shoal who who certainly played his best period of that weekend in that second period on Sunday. Um and it was just nice to see once a coin scores that goal in the third period and the floodgates kind of opened after that. And yeah, some nice pretty goals. A bunch of bar downs this weekend and uh it was thought, uh it was nice to see.
1: Yeah, I, I thought I mean you had some you had some snipes. Um you know, like you said, Andrew, you had some, but you had a good mix also of those Rosborough, coin. you know, of grease pan. The yeah. yeah
3: the, the Rosborough goal really gets me excited because yeah. those kind of greasy goals are, are really what, what the Huskies were needing the first month of the year when they were struggling. And so if we can get a good mix here of the typical sort of, we were familiar with the yet and Snipes, and some of the other usual suspects. But if, it, if we can get that deep in, you know, Molinar was kind of providing that early in the early and he's since cooled off, but we've got other guys like Rosborough that are stepping up in his stead. And and that's, it's just nice to know that there's a, a variance of offense. And that's what, that's, what, I mean, this weekend, I know Bemidji, I wouldn't even be as charitable as you guys earlier this show. I don't think they're a very good team, but it's good that St. Cloud was able to win and not just win, but win, convincingly and sort of take care of business and in a, you know, as it turned out to t- two laughers against Bemidji, if this is the team that's going to go forward, obviously the, the competition is going to step up here from Bemidji mm-hmm. state. But if we've got this sort of mix of offensive approaches, as well as solid defense and goaltending that at least at this point, we're confident with both Posh and, and, and Bassey, of course, uh, this team is, is going to be that threat that we thought at the beginning of the year it just took a while for it to all come into shape. So, I mean, that's it. Was a, it was a weekend that, even though I was thinking a sweep, it exceeded my expectations in how just dominant they, they were in the majority of the, of the weekend.
0: Sorry to uh, circle back, but uh, what were some of the guesses on leading goals or point getting goalie? Because I, I think I found the answer, but I wanted, I was curious as to what the
1: guesses um, were. Yeah. I, w- I was going with Meyer. You said Litza, right? Andrew, I'll go Renick Litsa or Renick
3: just because they were the longest tenured goalies.
1: I would, it's Litsa. I would have thought. Yeah. After you said Litsa, I was like, yeah, it's probably. A How many did he have?
0: Six. He had seven, seven assists, seven points. He had four in his senior year. By the way, really? Ooh. Yeah, in '97, '98, he had four assists. Really? I bet no he like Andre outscored.
3: Trayble. I bet he outscored some defensemen that year, on Saint Cloud, <laughs> with the four points
2: uh let me Him check and Carl Falker battling right now <laughs> uh
0: he outscored one two
3: like I'm uh, sure there's people that outs- just played a handful of games but I'm sure there was like a regular who played every game that had like two points like a stay-at-home defenseman
0: yeah they're uh is it Zaleski Zaliski? um only had like three points. Uh, Richie Larson only had two points. Oh, yeah. Richie yeah.
1: Larson only.
0: Had... <laughs> um, a a center by the name of Brian Gaffney uh, only I'm had sure. two points oh, in twenty six games. Yeah, Gaffney only had two points in twenty six games. So those were some of the players that he outscored. Using the Will Hammer uh, line right
2: there. Uh huh. Will Hammer type role. He
0: unfortunately was nowhere close to uh, Matthew or Matt Noga, but
2: um, I mean, at least he tried. <laughs>
3: He probably brings that up whenever they have reunions that he outscored those players in that year. Yeah. Yeah, The
2: golf, the golf, the golf, uh, exhibition every year. The golf
1: outing. Um, yeah, but like, like you said, I mean, Barrett Hall, I mean, that was a heck of a snipe that, you know, went literally bar down. Um, and again, you know, not feeding that same power play, um, and a little bit of a change up. And I, Overall, I was a little bit unhappy that we didn't work it a little bit more down low um, for the power play. But, you know, happy to see, you know, I think I even tweeted out, I was like, really like to get one of these. And then sure enough, um, we were able to pop in, you know, two power play goals uh, the, um, over the next three. So um, great third, uh, great way that kupka shot. Um, kudos to the TV crew for that camera, uh, for that camera work on that one. That was a beautiful angle at that. Um,
2: they do a good job.
1: Yep. And, um, yeah. So Cruz to win happy with, uh, posh and happy, happy with, uh, Shayek. I do have one question. Um, you know, just overall for, for you guys, um, you know, talking to the team, talking to Shayek and whatnot, does he answer everything with, that's a good question. Like, just at, like that only, at only press Brian conference, asks. <laughs> that whole he, press he conference. Did that with I was me. Like, oh, that was that was a good question.
0: Uh, yeah, I think I I think <laughs> I asked two different questions that he said that too. Um, so hey, I mean, I'll I'll put that in my resume. Um, oh, there you go, certified good reporter uh, from Coach Dave <laughs> Um No, I think I think a – stand-in is standing uh, head coach. <laughs> yeah, he. <laughs> well, I, I think the thing with Shyack, um I think a little bit of it is. Not only Western Canadian politeness, um, but I think another part of it too is just that not only him, but um, all of the St. Cloud State coaching staff, and this isn't just hockey, um, pretty much every single um, coach that I've come across um, has been very kind to student media specifically. They know the importance that student media has here on campus, Um, and the hockey coaches really stand out in terms of just kind of the, the... the very friendly environment uh, and the, the kind of back and forth nature that they allow to happen, which you don't always see. I mean, yeah. you, you see clips of like, you know, another big broadcasting school, like, like Syracuse where, you know, uh, Jim Bayheim is ripping into a student reporter. It's it just, it's not, it's not always the same everywhere. So I very, I know I'm very thankful for uh, Larson and his staff to uh, how accommodating they are to, uh, to guys trying to make it. Uh, in the in the industry.
2: <laughs> All except a certain one, but he's not here anymore, so Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> and um and that's also different back from when I was for the Chronicle. Uh, when I had a couple of coaches who were upset with me, and one player who said that he wouldn't talk to the Chronicle anymore. He wasn't upset at <laughs> me, he was upset that we printed a letter to the editor. That was uh Ryan Keys off oh. uh, the football. Uh, he was he was not that. That, that boycott only lasted like two weeks. So, did you ever talk <laughs> we, to Bob? Yeah, I talked to Bob. Um, how I, I don't think, I don't think he cared for us, but that's, that's just, again, my thought I, Giesen and I did not hit it off at all when he was the coach for the women's team. And I was on, and then I'm trying to think of the, the volleyball coach and she like ripped into me once for a question I had, cause I was doing a profile on, um, someone, and you know, this is like one of my first reports because it's a fall sport and whatnot, and like I'm doing a profile so I'm asking questions about her, and she's like, this is a team sport. What are you doing asking me these questions about one specific person that just ripped in, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going not gonna to talk to you anymore. And then I was just like, every time after, I was like, I got to talk to the head coach. This... Uh.
2: Well uh our our volleyball head coach now hops on broadcasts with uh with our volleyball broadcaster mm-hmm. after every game. So
1: That's awesome. And it does an incredibly better job than the one that uh, ripped me apart, so <laughs> <laughs> judging by the record. <laughs> so anyway, that 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 goes down to Travis Chronicle days that uh that are probably best best uh best for that uh left there. Anyway, back to the fish story. So anyway, the
2: infamous fish story. We need a Chronicle chronicle buzzer sound now. Yeah, that's for
1: my therapist, I think. And that (laughs) has nothing to do with actually working at the Chronicle, which I loved, by the way. It was dealing with some of the coaches and whatnot that I had to. But again, that was uh, a different time. And I'm happy uh, for the most part. It's better for you guys. Um, So... So um. <laughs> right. <laughs> indeed. So, um, let's uh let's hop into a pow. Um, we got a lot of choices, and I'm really excited to get uh, four total pows. Maybe some of the same. Maybe some of the mixed one. Uh, let's go, Andrew. Let's go with you first.
3: Yeah, I'm torn between two. As you mentioned, there's several candidates. Do I give it to Wiley as like a first timer award? Or do I give it to the other candidate? Yeah, I'll go with Ingram. I think he was just a little, he was noticeably good this weekend. I, I can't remember if it was Brian or Alex. You guys just kind of blend together for me. Um, but uh, one of you had mentioned that, um, you know, VD being like uh, shifting from playmaker to shooter and vice versa. We've been talking about Ingram a lot lately about how his role has kind of changed and. You know, Weldy was surprised at his point totals. Like, eh, it's kind yeah. of snuck up on me because of the amount of assists. And this was a perfect weekend for that. It's a two goals and two assists over over the weekend. Um, being assertive enough to take those shots when he's got the good opportunities, but also having the awareness to set up the other players on his line um, and providing some good playmaking abilities. It's kind of the best of both worlds. And uh, yeah, I. I think he's he's getting to that player. So now there's a team lead now, a uh, four-way team lead for point, point leaders at 16th, Ingram, Yetin, Viti, Yetin, uh, Anhorn, and Kupka. Uh, that's something that I think this team, that, that's very, that's like a trademark of this particular bunch. Like there's no no one that's head and shoulders above everybody else as far as uh, offensive threats. Like it makes sense that this team has a four-way tie atop their point leader leaderboard. And it, for Ingram to be part of that group um, is a good sign of his development. Um, you know, if we're thinking about this at the halfway point of the year, we're, we're looking at over 30 points for the season for Ingram. In, in a sophomore season, uh, looking for a step up like that, it's really good to see. So I there were plenty of, of candidates this weekend, and Wiley's like my second place. I hope someone picks him just because I think he did deserve it this weekend. But uh, I'm going to go Ingram because he was just a little bit more flashy for me.
1: Oh, that's a good pick uh brian
0: well um i mean ingram is hard to uh not choose but i mean since he was already chosen um
3: you can <laughs> pick the same one I
0: guess. No, there's pick, no rule I, against I, that I,
1: I, there's no rule against i,
0: I know that. but i mean it's in terms of kind of spreading the love of you know <laughs> how great of a weekend it was because i mean it wasn't you know i like i, I mean like you said andrew it's not the fact that this team has, you know, a four-way tie for, for points leading and it was exemplified in this series that everyone was getting yeah. involved. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just one specific player. Um, I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd probably, I'd probably Ingram, he had the most points out of the weekend just in terms of, you know, like, uh, uh, just in terms of, you know, kind of total production. Cause I mean, two goals, two assists, I believe that led the weekend. I don't think anybody else got four. Um, That's so hard. I mean, on if Wiley had scored three points on a different weekend, he probably would be the runaway favorite. Um, mm-hmm. but it's hard. It, it's hard when, when Ingram was really on his game. Um, and he was, he was quite the, he was quite the glue on the power play this weekend. Um, I mean, we, obviously a lot of focuses is on VD um, when the men advantage unit comes around, but Ingram was quite a sticking point uh, in terms of, you know, a, an offensive nucleus uh, on that team uh, and, and on that power play. You've got two really big hot zones at the edges of the umbrella when you've got Ingram and Mietnan on the, on the squad and Ingram really showed out. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably same thing as Andrew, I'd probably pick um, – <laughs> Ingram with a very honorable mention to Wiley and uh, condolences to the fact that I couldn't give it to him.
1: Fair enough. Alex?
2: Ryan Rosborough.
1: Ooh. You're going with the plumber. Hey, two goals in two games.
2: And he wasn't a good chosen pit. yet. And he wasn't chosen yet. Yeah. He drove a lot of the play well. I'm... ai yeah. a, a, think it's a sleeper right there.
1: Um... Alright. Uh... I mean, it's it's tough to argue is that, especially with, again, like how the goals were made. I, like I said, you know, Molinar's cooled off, and all of Molinar's goals were right in that area. Um, one even behind the net uh, that was able to get banked in. Um, and But uh, Rosborough really kind of he- heading up that mantle, getting those type of goals... You know, kind of using that size also to his advantage. Um, nope that's a, that's a good pick as well. Um, initially, I was actually going to go Ingram um, for for my pick, um, just because, um, like like I said, like when I when I said last week about surprised about his point total. Andrew, you took all those you know kind of talking points out of my mouth about that. Um, but yeah, talking about Wiley and just his you know kind of development and how much he stepped up and like I said I thought Peart and Wiley together looked incredibly good um and uh Peart I thought like I said he looked incredibly good he had a strong strong overall weekend um and then obviously you know Mietten uh was able to put some points away as well so it's uh all, all around uh tough week to pick but i am going to go ahead and with Wiley um, just because that I, I i was impressed with his all-around play and it maybe it's a little more unexpected i kind of expect that a little bit more from ingram um but Wiley uh, just kind of see his development um you know really over the past few weeks especially i think has gone um, kind of leaps and bounds so that's uh that's who I would give it to All right. Um, anything else uh before we kinda end up on Bemidji? Any last talking points, last thoughts? Um like you said, I just want to say one more thing about Ingram, uh that kind of popped into my head. Uh, is that his overall presence on the weekend too, like anytime he stepped down on the ice, he was he was just kind of on the an extra step above everyone, I think, in terms of his play, his positioning, his physicality. And there was even a moment where I think it was on I think it was his goal on um on Fridays. Yeah, it was his goal on Friday where he was streaking and Mietnam saw him. In in my head actually I thought that was Anhorn. And it actually had flashes of Perbix coming down. Like it it was like kind of that type of pinch coming down and a one-timer lace in it. And it was just, um, and then I was like, wow, that was, that was Ingram. That's that that was awesome to kind of see that. And yeah, it was, um, you know, he, he had a wonderful, now I'm talking myself back into Ingram. Jeez. It was great weekend. Great weekend for the Huskies. I'm sticking with Wiley though. Um, just for his all around play.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I good Voke. weekend in all honesty. So, I'm happy with how they played. I'm excited for uh, the second half. Um, one thing I do want to ask uh, both of you guys in terms of uh, this is a big uh, talking point for me specifically. What do you guys think of uh, the Saint Cloud State setup with jerseys now, with the black, the reds, and the two whites?
1: Um, like if you want me to do like a tier ranking? Do you want me to like what? Um, I
2: I'm just I'm I'm, I'm curious cuz I I've heard uh disconcerting signals from from several people not not including just Brian okay. just from people that I know as well.
1: Sure thing. Um well first and foremost um I <clears throat> I I think uh women's reds number 1 yeah. with a bullet like yep. and I like like if you tell me who I can buy one from and maybe that I should ask that to dump and change like can i buy one of your players jerseys let me buy delmonico's jersey actually like, <laughs> like if it's printed out i want it
2: maybe you could but do the like, Coop, you can do the cooper Wiley family special got to get them dh gate jerseys
1: yeah so it's um like i'm i'm okay with it i actually don't really care for the blacks i find them boring i like i really like the reds and i like the whites and i like both whites i like the retro whites um that uh, they had for the uh sunday's game and i like the uh our, our normal stc whites um as, as well but like if we're on the road i usually am like i hope we're wearing red instead of black i think overall I don't, i'm kind of on black jerseys i like color
2: well, before before this weekend, uh, St. Cloud State hadn't won in the road blacks since December 9th of two thousand twenty-two. Oh wow! At Miami, it's good to get off the Schneid. <laughs> the curse, yeah. the curse is over.
3: Yeah, yeah I like Weldy, I, 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 I don't know, sort of agnostic when it comes to jerseys. I've mentioned my quibbles with the retro jersey, but I like it. I mean. I I, I like the white, the standard white ones too. So I I don't know if I would want the retro on every game. I'm sure there's fans that would prefer that every game. And like Weldy, I, I'm the least of a fan of the blacks, but, uh, the red, like doing like the red women's Jersey and then doing the script that's on the red jerseys and put that on a black Jersey. That would be like a nice little switch up for me. But, um, I, I, I I don't care all that much. I, we'll I, to, I like all the jerseys that we have. Just,
2: we'll have to get graphic design connoisseur Johnny Mac to make a quick mock up of what that <laughs> right? would look like.
1: He already put Rosie on the, on the on the Hobie, so
3: Hobie Rosie. Go back to the the one we did after the Michigan series. That's we spent like I don't know fifteen minutes about dissecting the uh, retro jersey. If you're interested in a little deeper dive analysis of that, right? Yeah.
1: So it's um. But I just, I'm happy we don't have, like, an awful gray with the red, like Omaha's. Like, that's just. You can't
2: go gray. Do you guys remember the Hockey Day Minnesota St. Cloud jerseys from, like, 2017, 16? Remember those gray ones that the the Huskies wore?
1: I'm trying to remember. I I remember the black ones with the scripts. Give me one second. Um... You might have
0: just suppressed it from your mind because of how awful they were.
1: Maybe, may, maybe that's it. They look, I they think don't I remember. Jerseys.
0: Like they, they look like the warm-up jerseys that have a big car dealership sponsorship. The yes, of them. these
1: ones, that's right? <sighs> like yep.
2: It's kind of hard to see here, but yeah, these ones.
1: Yeah, I I remember that with the with the gray on the underarm area, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh.
3: Well, and the thing about St. Cloud hockey history, like I didn't even know that these retro ones that they've using now, which were like from the eighties, I think, when they first did them a couple years ago against the Gopher game, the eighty five, eighty six. So I didn't even know that those existed. I don't know like what the, what what they're wearing in the seventies. Like there's other St. Cloud jerseys out there that I have no idea what the style was. So. There's a
2: there's a really good website that goes through like every single college hockey team's jersey history that's that's really and even pretty like pretty
3: beyond cool. d1 like yeah it might yeah. be difficult for them to find out what they were wearing in the 50s and 60s but if there's a site out there let me know because...
1: I, I know one i've i've coined one the droopy dog logo because that's just what it looks like to me is just this dro- droopy dog so yes yeah. it's
2: called it's called home of minnesota hockey history they have it going all the way back to 1931 okay. for saint cloud state
1: Oh, great.
3: I'll have to check that out. I'll, but yeah, maybe it. there's something in there that you can resurrect and, I'll link it and I just, well make into an, it's an alternate. Extended.
1: Like, no, give, give it's me, a like, to you. university. Like, and I'm sure you're working on it or anything along those lines. Give me something with the skating husky that I can buy. Like, ju- put it on a hat. Put it on something that isn't just team issue or that I have to go to overpay at some golf outing. Because I'm just... Poor and I got kids in daycare. I can't do it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, but like, I, I would just, I would just love the skating logo on something that I can wear. Um, and I hope I would like, I would like to get that by the Frozen Face Off, if possible. But yeah,
3: could pitch like to, in for those for those uh, rink uh, renovations that are needed. You know, <laughs> raise some revenue here with the uh, with the alternate jersey. Right.
1: So, um, so. Uh, overall first half, uh, the impressions, uh, as, as far as the team where they're sitting at right now, um, obviously our non-conference record and kind of shooting us in the pairwise right now. Um, and you know who we lost to, you know, coughing up that game against, uh, Alaska is kind of one that irks me probably the most I haven't paired with, I haven't played with the customizer or anything like that. Um,
3: that's like their least bad loss in the non-conference.
1: I suppose, but, yeah, that's true. Alaska has been. Well,
3: I guess, I guess Michigan's ahead of them, but but still, the the one like St. Thomas is in the forties now. Mankato, yeah, isn't great. So I mean, I guess the St. Thomas would be the, the, the CCHA worst
2: loss. is a dumpster fire.
3: They're terrible. Their worst non conference record, inter conference record. They're worse than Atlantic Hockey,
2: which I is, wonder. I in- think a first. In terms of just you know standings, I wonder what Augustana would be in the CCHA right now. Like if they played a CCHA type schedule, like would they be like would you would they be top half right now? Cause they're playing no. good hockey? No, I
1: feel
2: like they've been, like they've been playing okay. I don't think they'd be far
3: off. I mean, they'd, than, yeah, I mean, I, I don't they'd think they'd play. be maybe they wouldn't maybe win the conference, but this there's not a ton of good teams in that league, so I don't think well, how they'd many, be then? they'd be buried. <laughs>
0: How many teams are in there if we include Augustana? Is it nine, nine with Augustana? Nine nine, nine. nine? I don't know if that was a
3: way for us to get the nine, sound sounder out, but
0: I I, prom- I promise that wasn't the point, but um I guess. You are correct. It is nine. Oh
1: it's oh, it's never the point, but it always comes. <laughs> <out>. <laughs> um
0: but what yeah. I will say, I, I i think Augustana would probably be in like the seven, six, five range in that conference, I
2: think. In terms of pairwise, is the second CCAJ team in the pairwise.
0: It's a different type of schedule, man.
2: It's not the same grind.
1: <laughs> the CCHA grind.
0: Yeah, they
2: don't know. They don't know the yeah. grind of an SEC football season. Brian did.
0: Uh, did um, didn't Augustana technically win the Golden Pan though?
2: Yeah, they beat CC. Isn't and that would happen.
0: Yeah, and, and Denver. So, <laughs> I mean, they tied with Denver, but shootout win. If it, if it was a Golden Pan type thing, it would end up being an Augustana win because they have to decide it through that.
2: So. WTF is in Augustana. That sign that they made for that at that game. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Denver's ice is working. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to just check that out when we when we go there next
0: week. I haven't heard
2: of any issues since that Omaha game, so i hope so.
1: You guys heading out to it Denver seemed,
2: it, Yes. Every game nice. this year, live on air at eighty yep, point we're one not, on KBSC. We're not missing the Miami one this time. We're gonna go. Yeah, we can we can meet with you, Andrew, because I know you're making that trip. I
3: think. To I'm going to Miami.
2: Yep, Oxford. We'll we'll see. Yeah, you there. Miami. We're we're going this year. Mm-hmm. My dad's my dad's fiance. Are you guys going to meet up at room? Skyline Chili? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> my my dad's fiance's dad uh, lives in Cincinnati, so we have a place
1: to stay. Okay. That's quite the tree I had to work out in my head right there. I had to think about it. <laughs> I well, think your dad's fiance's dad. Yes. Okay, all right. That's that's a totally normal thing to say.
2: <laughs> Rachel's dad, I know she's listening. Hi, Rachel. Appreciate Hi, it.
1: Rachel. Perfect. Hi, Rachel. Hey, we got a fan. Thank on you for podcast. letting me
2: use your YouTube right. TV. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She does supply all of our uh, YouTube TV at the house.
1: <laughs> oh, nice. I, I hope Google's not listening. Um, as we're all on Chrome and. <laughs> so um with uh just kind of i'm with on the,
0: microsoft edge <laughs>
1: with, with the first half season uh kind of in the books uh surprises uh, uh anything upsetting kind of where we're at how what what is it what does everybody thinks what's what's everyone's temperature um are we are we liking where we're at are we nervous about the ncaa seatings uh that we're on the bubble kind of uh well what uh what are we all thinking?
0: Um I guess from from my perspective, um I am not necessarily worried about seeding. Um I think it kind of depends on what type of January we have, maybe might change my opinion. Um the one benefit of playing in um arguably the best conference this year, I mean it's either the NCHC or the Big Ten. Um, but also playing in the best conference in terms of college hockey history that's still standing, um, you, you you play a really tough schedule that helps your pair wise once the season you know moves on. Um, Saint Cloud State has I think like the twentieth uh, ranks strength of schedule or something like that within like the within like power within like uh, some sort of CHN power rating or whatever. I don't know how much you know. Uh, stock to put into that but it might be a somewhat good reference point um so they're you know even even though they've had some bad non-conference losses they're they're starting to pick up conference play they still have to play denver twice or excuse me north dakota twice uh denver four times um you know you you still got to play colorado college which um Colorado College has been very up and down this year, but with the goaltending that they have, they can definitely be a threat in the NCHC to steal some points from teams. Um, and, you know, you play Western Michigan two more times after sweeping them in their barn earlier this year, which that Western Michigan series is probably the thing that's keeping us afloat right now in in that in the right side of the bubble. Uh, If we, if we had split with Western Michigan or done the usual get swept uh, in Western Michigan, we probably would be in the 17 to 20 range. Um, So it's, it, I don't think St. Cloud's necessarily in a bad spot. I'm not panicking about them being a bubble team. Um, And, you know, for, for, for a team that hasn't really played the, the real, Difficult and gritty part of the NCHC schedule yet to get the wins that they have uh, gotten to, you know, be seven zero and one, to have you know the, as close to a best case scenario as you can, uh, without just winning all eight of those games, um, is a really good spot to be in. Um, so I think, I think for, I, I think for Saint Cloud, um, January is going to tell us a lot about where this team is in terms of the NCHC ladder uh, because Denver and North Dakota have had a more difficult first half to their conference schedule than we've had. I mean, and that also is a factor of them playing each other already too. So that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I think I, I, I if, if I had to like, Predict where the NCHC standings. <laughs> if I had to predict for like the NCHC standings would be at the end of the season, it probably wouldn't change that much from where I had them before the season. Where you know I've got Denver and North Dakota in some sort of one-two, and then St. Cloud three. Um, but St. Cloud has a lot to prove in January. You know, if they come out on the winning end of those four games that they play against North Dakota and Denver, like let's say they win two and have one overtime loss between those four games. I'm feeling a lot more confident about the St. Cloud team. Um, there are some things that concern me that I don't really need to get into now. Cause I would have been talking for quite some time, um, but get into, I, it. get into it, get into it. No, we will get into it later. Um, I'd rather have it come. More naturally when everybody's already said their piece. Um, but I, I don't think St. Cloud is, you know, you can't do anything about the non-conference now. You know, it's it's out of it's out of the picture. Um, and playing in the NCHC helps your paralyze. Um, you know, it's not like St. Cloud is in a spot where they have to come back to a conference that's not going to help them, like the CCHA or Atlantic Hockey or, you know, whatever other conference you want to throw into that lump. You know, there's... There's a uh, <laughs> there's a good um, there there's a good uh, or rather there's potential to move up in that pairwise and not be stuck in that bubble if St. Cloud can really make a statement here in January. Um, and another part of it too is the Midwest in terms of hockey is kind of open this year. Um, you know, it's if Denver and North Dakota keep having their hiccups throughout the season like they've had to start this year. That seat for the top spot in the Midwest—I mean, it's being pursued by Wisconsin and Michigan State right now—but St. Cloud State could make a claim to it if they keep these winning ways. Uh, Because even you know the Gophers are not playing that well, and the East Coast has been really good this year. Um, So there's uh, there's there's a lot of potential um, you know stake uh, state claiming that St. Cloud can can do here in in this next month Uh, because I would argue that a a six-game stretch of road Denver, home North Dakota, and then home Omaha might be the toughest stretch they play all season. I could be wrong. Then you followed up at CC after that,
2: too. Yeah, Yeah. so it's a tough stretch.
1: Andrew, what are your thoughts?
3: I'm pretty confident about this team. I'm probably the most confident I have been all year uh, because I, I like how the team has developed. I mean, it's got off to a rough start. It looked like, in retrospect, they just needed a month to get some chemistry worked out. It was unfortunate that October was as bad as it was. Um, And that's going to keep your That's going to suppress your pairwise all year. But I I don't mind that, actually, because it's going to keep the focus of this team. We're not going to see, like, last year when you basically were a, a number one seed at this time of the year. Last year, you're almost flirting for the number one overall seed at this time last year. Uh, and we saw the lull in, in February. Obviously, that was part partly in uh, the, the fault of An- Anhorn's injury. But uh, it's possible that, you know, a bit of complacency set into the team as well. You're not going to have that problem this year because every game is vitally important because you haven't really don't have any room for error with the way that the uh, season started. And mm-hmm. they seem to be playing their their best hockey every weekend. Like for the last six weeks, they've been playing continuing to improve their game and continuing to get contributions from players that are in and out of the lineup. There's a friendly competition, as I mentioned, with those those lower six players, let's say, forwards at least. Um, and so I like that. I like that idea. I like the fact that we're getting to see Posh, even though Bassey's been pretty good on, on, on a whole this year. We don't want to have a PTSD of uh, Rennick's pneumonia, something like that, coming back to haunt this team. At least we've seen Posh. And we can see that he's someone that we can trust as well. So, um, yeah, I agree that this North Dakota-Denver stretch is going to be pivotal for me. Mm. Split those games, and then, you know, I, I think that's a, good, that's a good sign. It's the only time that you're going to play the North Dakota this year. Yeah. Um, splits Thank against God. those teams aren't, aren't going to hurt you, I think. And then you, you make your hay against the lower teams in this conference. And so far, that's what they that's what they've done. That's what seven at one in conference has gotten you. So they've and with this Bemidji series, obviously Bemidji's not in the not NCHC, but a, a team that they have a skill advantage on, and they were able to show that um, in spades this weekend. So take care of business against the the lower half of the league, and you basically split against the top half. That might not be the the recipe to win the Penrose, but you're at least going to position yourself well to make the NCAA's and that's really what's most important for me. So it's been a roller coaster because coming into the year I'm thinking first place in the conference, that sort of screeched to a halt pretty quickly. But slowly but surely we're getting back to the sort of the expectations that I had for this team coming into the year, very high expectations. It's just been
1: yeah.
3: radically different from how I thought it would play out. But seeing as the upward trajectory is continuing to develop I'm really um, I'm really optimistic about how this team can vi- can finish a season.
1: I don't want to get ahead of myself, um, especially after, you know, it being two and a half games of posh, but it got me really excited for next year or the year after, especially with the freshman class that we have coming in for those, you know, kind of in the pipeline. So that's, um, you know, and who we have and – and how the, how the freshmen have really come on strong, and sophomores have really come on strong um, as the season has gone on.
2: We we saw one of them incoming freshmen's brothers this last weekend,
1: right? With
3: Leighton uh, Road, with uh, with the vid, you mentioned that in the last podcast, mm-hmm. and yeah, too like the uh, the goalie situation. It's kind of like last year almost, where Posh continues to play himself into the conversation here. That might feed Bassi even more, like. He played pretty well last year, I think, in part because of the competition that he and Castor had. So if you have a a friendly competition between the goaltenders as well, that's just an advantage for the team as a whole because they're going to be ultra-focused and wanting to one-up each other as well. So it's always good to have those kind of competitions within uh, lines and um, depth chart kind of positioning too.
2: Ain't nothing wrong with a little friendly competition. That's right. You guys already basically touched on everything I was going to say, but yeah, I'm exi- I'm just excited for the second half, and you know, these next six, eight games are going to be are going to be pivotal. So we'll have to we'll just have to wait and see. Going to Denver will be it'll be tough. It's a rink that St. Claude hasn't had the best of luck in the past couple of years in terms of regulation wins. They got an overtime win there last season, uh, without Kyler Kupka. Might I add as well? So Kyler Kupka missed that trip because he uh, his appendix burst that weekend. So, uh, oh, that's right. And, uh, one thing, uh, one thing me and Brian touched on, uh, Lidke's first game back from his, uh, first game from his injury for, in the first game last season was against Denver as well. So he's I think uh, Spencer
3: Meyer was out for that, that series as well last year. I was at that yes. series last year, the Denver series.
2: But yeah, a good it's, series. that'll be fun. North Dakota coming to the herb is always fun. St. Cloud seems to play really well when North Dakota comes in town and, at least last year with the, with the sweep and then being down three to nothing in that second game. And then sweeping again, Yeah, that was, that's probably my favorite memory of the year last year, in all honesty, besides winning the the championship mm-hmm. game. But yeah, that was, yeah. that was fun. So I'm, I'm just excited for, I, you know, I'd the... say, I'd say eliminating North Dakota was probably sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, copies overtime winner. That's, that's fair. Although it's a bit diminished by me being stupid and looking at the monitors instead of actually realizing what happened in real time. Ooh, but that's,
1: that's, eh. that's, that hurts. At least. that was
3: also the yeah. north Dakota fans who thought that that was off
2: sides
1: <laughs> and and uh and uh oh, so funny.
2: right and
1: yeah he skated back out so confidently too because oh man when I saw that replay up on the on the uh, on the screen there like and all the fans were going nuts and I'm like that's the other blue line because it was clearly never yeah. north Dakota's bench right there and I'm like yeah that's uh, that's a wrong. Oh, and I also
0: saw a uh, North Dakota fan using a screen cap of the center line as as ah, it at one there point too, uh, which that tweet was deleted pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> uh, that was that was an interesting um, uh, endeavor. The NHC,
2: known for their academics at North Dakota, <laughs> <laughs> and a and a certain school up north too. Yeah,
1: and um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just looking through, uh, playing around with the pairwise. Yeah, if we if we sweep Alaska, we're up to eight in the pairwise. So if oh, we just right. change that one game, Oh! So
3: great. <laughs> Pretty surprised that it, that took that much of a that had that that had that much of an effect. Oh, I,
1: th- I think I think because winning that comparison and them having a decent season, a, a good season has. Flipped a lot of those comparisons over.
2: Is they play North Dakota this weekend? Correct.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. So We're if they take
2: up. a game from North Dakota, that would help us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The but at the, at the
3: same time, like because St. Cloud's probably going to be in maybe four low, the low three seed, four seed territory. We don't really want Alaska to be in that con- that conversation because that could potentially steal in that large spot. Or but same thing with like I see like New Hampshire's right there. And that's like Weldy's darling team this year.
1: It's like we really shouldn't that's not for... Sacred Heart. <laughs> Sacred Hearts, my darling, t- and or, Brown, obviously.
2: Or, or we could just win the Brown, Brown voter. The Weldy?
1: <laughs> am I the Brown? That's that's are you that's the Brown voter? Whole... Yep, exactly.
2: Are you,
0: are you the one who gets media uh, credentials curses. for top twenty polls and always votes for Brown?
1: <laughs> Foiled again. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or we could just win out and become a top seed. That'd
1: be cool. There, there we go. But St. So, Cloud never
3: it, does well with those one seeds. Yeah, I'm telling yeah, you, a four, four seed four is, is golden. That's where yeah. you want to be.
2: But, remember, the last time St. Cloud State had a losing non-conference record, they made the Frozen Four. They so. made the
1: Frozen Four. Yep.
3: That's right. And what seed were they in the tournament that year? Were they Fourth. a four seed? Yeah. Yep.
2: That was the year that they that they just had to beat Yale, correct, to win, to go to the national championship? No, they no, lost to no. Quinnipiac. They lost no. to Quinnipiac. That's right. Yale won
1: the whole thing. And then, Quinn yeah, and yeah, and yeah, then won the Quinnipiac
0: lost to Yale. But Which, yeah, I'm sorry. If St. Cloud was in that game, they would have. That, yeah. Like, that's ridiculous.
1: That was like the third place ECAC game that year, too. So it was like a <laughs> yeah. rematch of the third place game when the ECAC had a third place game. So that, to tell riveting, you. How. And
2: riveting action. Uh, I love college game. hockey.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, and I was kind of wondering, you know. It, it feels like and you know because i was thinking about this and i was like maybe maybe this is kind of one of those years where we would have like a, a three four like a random like a michigan state kind of a randomness or a yale random champion but then i'm like uh it's god it's gonna be a boston or boston college is and then i'm just gonna roll my eyes but I don't
2: Brian, who are who are we slated to play in round one uh,
0: right now, it would be Boston College. We'd be the four seed in the Missouri Regional. Um,
1: with <laughs> we go, uh, we uh, go in Moy bracketology already.
0: Uh, well, C H N posted something, and I just it like came across uh, my eye, and I just thought I would look at it. Uh, th- this article, as well, also listed as Minnesota Duluth as a team to watch for the second half of the season. So,
1: Ooh, um, ouch. i
0: if, if maybe if you wanted to, watch, way to go, Woden, um, and and I it wasn't even Woden, it was <laughs> which. Um, what I will say, um, out of respect to uh, uh, to to Dan, because I know he listens, and I'm sure he's hurting uh, because of the disappointing season that he's had, um, and you know that Duluth has had. Um, hey they took athletes. third place
3: in the uh in the Milwaukee oh, Cup. Face-off. So the quick trip, yeah. the quick chin quick trick, quick
0: invitational.
3: <laughs> well, the, up. Thing Thank that, you the, the thing for the thing that
0: just the thing that just really hurts for Duluth is, you know, they're they're having a tough they're having a tough year as athletes
2: and student athletes. You know, that's the
0: really <laughs> the, student that's the really portion. tough. The student uh, part of uh, it has uh, been uh, really uh, tough yeah, for when, some
2: when, of them. when Luke Lohite is sharing one of your top draws in the faceoff dot, <laughs> that's that's when you start to have a bit of an issue. Yeah.
1: So, so, um, yeah, uh, all, all, all really good points. I'm, I'm excited with, um, you know, how well some of the underclassmen have, have really taken a step at beginning. I was kind of ho-hum on what this, uh, what this class was going to do, but like Ryman, I've been really impressed with, um, Werner, his all-around center game, I thought's been really well. You know, um, and maybe the points haven't been, you know, ratcheting up as much as people thought with in the Mietin name, but I thought he's been solid in all steps of the game, hasn't looked out of place. Um, and um, you know, every time Roz uh Rosborough as as he has continued, I thought Ashon has also um been kind of a force out there it's it, it's been fun to watch those types of players develop and i'm really excited to see where you know see them go and kind of continue to progress throughout the season and i can see kind of like that 2013 uh frozen four run when we had you know bennett came back and him uh, joining joey ball that, game. yeah him joining uh eggs benny coming in joining that line getting that depth scoring really propelled um uh the huskies to kind of Walk through that regional as well. Andrew, where was that regional again? Was that in Toledo? Toledo. So. Oh,
2: Lord. I want to go oh. there. We come back. Visit... They're going is back it... there in a couple years. Right. We can visit the Kibbe, Kibbe Dome. The Kibbe want... Dome is in Idaho. Yeah. There's, 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 two, there's two. There's Toledo, Ohio, and a Toledo, Idaho. Yeah. No this Kibbe is Toledo, here. Ohio. So, yeah. Well. yeah. I, I nice want to go the Kibbe Dome one day I'm going to visit the Kibbe Dome, whether that be as a broadcaster or as a fan.
1: I have no clue what that is. It's, it's I where think the it's
3: Idaho Idaho it's, it's like I, I imagine it's something like the giant ball of twine.
1: Oh, okay. Do they have a weird owl song named after it as well? Sure. sure. It, I, it's I, where the Idaho fans play you know, football. Big.
3: It's right next to yeah. the Boise State women's hockey rink.
1: Oh yes, that so. the WCHA as uh, that
3: Duluth matchup with them—it's coming up. I yeah, can't wait. Uh,
1: oh, that's right. <laughs> the Duluth, Boise State got—I like, pencil that in as as a must-watch. Mm-hmm.
0: So. And uh, when when Illinois eventually gets a hockey team, um, <laughs> I will pencil in them playing, um, uh, Penn State.
1: Yep.
0: I think because that will happen seventy years in the making.
2: <laughs> About, uh, yeah, and for the, and as you were mentioning, well the the freshman, a uh, couple of names that you didn't mention, Tyson Gross as one of them. As Gross, a, yeah. As a, as a he's been a center. He's, mm-hmm. he's actually, one thing I noticed this weekend, he's on the top power play unit now with Solquist on the second unit centering that unit. So that'll be, that'll be something to keep an eye out. And he, and Brett Larson has said that as Gross evolves, he will be a center version of Kyler Kupka. Nice. So that'll be. I'll that will it. be some. That will be something to watch. And then on the defensive side, you have guys like Warren Clark, who have, you know, for all the good and bad they've been through, they've, whenever they've been on, they have, they've shown why. Of course, he's a Tampa Bay Lightning draft yeah. pick. And I thought this know, was another he's really strong improved.
1: weekend, another yeah. strong weekend from Clark.
2: Yeah, and then uh, Tynan Ewart, of course, played really well with Anhorn on. On Sunday, Caleb Thiessen's looked okay, and he's looked good in spurts, but he's looked fine, you know, in uh, the games that he's been able to play, and he's just a big, lanky defenseman who's just out there to block shots more than anything, so, I mean, I respect him, and then of course, Isaac Posh, freshman. We
1: we need a, we need a (laughs) treble.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, Well, that's Carl Falk's uh, job right now.
1: Uh, That's Falk's job right now, but, (laughs) you know, I think that'll be um, Caleb's in the future, so.
2: Yeah, and then Isaac Posh, of course, doing what he does.
1: Yeah, um, and if we're thinking like an X factor
3: for the, for the second half, not a freshman, but you know, and know Cobby's up to 10 points. I mean, it took him a while. It was a slog to get to 10, but we saw the goal on, on Sunday. Can we get like a point out a point of game out of him in the second half? Like imagine, I mean, we were also kind of like assuming he's going to have like a 35 point year, just based on his track record of just improving every single year, and having 30 points last year. You know, he's at 10 now. It's going to take him a, a hot second half to get to 30 this year, but it's possible. And if, if we can get him clicking,
2: then really watch out for this team. Uh, he's yeah. been good the last couple of weeks, at least in my opinion, he's played good hockey. He hasn't found the back of the net. Now that he found the back of the net, as I said, I feel like he'll start to pop more and more as it goes along. Yeah. Let's hope.
1: I thought it'd be fun um or i guess we thought it would be fun uh to revisit the prop bets that we did at the uh season preview episode uh so i've got the list uh of what we had and, and kind of what we said and um kind of where we're at the first one we had for the we'll start with the men's and the women's and then I don't want to talk about who will have more points, Barrett Hall or Grace Delmonico. I think... Uh, I we think can call we, that one. We, I think we can wave the white flag, or I could wave the white flag on this one as the lone Grace Delmonico uh, cheerleader. Um, I think you talked me into that, actually. Because uh, you're like, maybe she's going to get power play minutes. and mm. So I was like, yeah, it's limit.
2: Maybe, don't I mean... Done. Uh,
1: Barrett Hall, you can... you know. He, you can calculate his points per game. Grace Almonico, incalculable. So, I mean, I, I guess that's how I can kind of twist the limit does not exist for her points per um, game
2: and TikToks per game. We'll go, we'll go on, yeah. we'll go on that that right. side of
1: things. Girl math. So, um, NCHC tournament teams. Uh, we had the over under at three and a half. Um, Alex and myself picked the under. Brian and Andrew, you picked the over. Uh, right now we're sitting, um, you know, St. Cloud's at 14 right now in the pairwise, above them, Western Denver and North Dakota. So that's, uh, hovering on, uh, you know, fragile side of the bubble, uh, there. And, you know, really the debate was between three or four teams getting in for the NCHC. I thought only three, I thought St. Cloud for sure was going to be one of them, um, to see them. I didn't expect them to be on 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 the risky side of the bubble but uh you know just kind of where they're falling right now that's a that was a good line by by us to have at three and a half well you were the
3: one i would still stick with that i would yeah i was still. i would still go with four i'm not going to move on my prediction
2: you were the one that was bullish on first boys in kalamazoo though so
1: i was i talked myself into that one (laughs) (laughs) but Um, the, the
0: one thing that I think could I mean, now that we're talking about tournament uh, things, um, Western Michigan, um, they play a couple non-con or do they have any more non-conference? Here
3: yeah, the they late, yeah, yeah, they play this weekend for the third and fourth time this year. I, I was going to say, yeah,
1: yeah that's going to be five and six for them, right?
0: <laughs> so what I will say is that that series, um, while the while the pairwise no longer punishes teams for bad wins, quote unquote, like it used to. Um, it it's still not going to help Michigan to play to even play in those games. The fact that they scheduled them hurts their tournament resume um, in terms of the pairwise. So um, that could help Saint Cloud State as they have the comparison one against Western Michigan right now. Obviously, they got to play them again. Um, maybe that maybe that helps them slot into that third spot of the NCHC instead of fourth.
3: Yeah, it's weird. They they only play North Dakota one series this year as well, same as St. Cloud. They yeah. have to go up to Grand Forks for that one. And they've already played St. Cloud and Denver. but So they play those three teams once in one series in the second half, but they're all on the road, which is weird. And then, like you said, their non-conference gives them no benefit this year. Like those Lindenwood games won't even count in pairwise unless they lose or unless they don't win in regulation, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, and it, So it'll only hurt them. And the other non-conference opponents they had were all terrible: Bowling Green and Saint Lawrence. These are all terrible teams, so it's they haven't really been tested in, in that. But if they can, I don't know, you know, hold serve and then at least like win half those games against the top three teams on the road, that probably will be enough for for them to make it. But I don't know; they're a weird case. And then
2: we go to the pod next year. That'll be fun. Pod system. pod system. Oh, yeah,
3: that's right. Yeah, my We're
1: my going mind is to co- went to four, COVID for, for, pod. It yeah, <laughs> <four laughs> took me a while. Took me a
3: while to think about that.
1: Like, they could have named it like the the something like, like the like a triplet or like I don't know something other than pod.
2: Like your PTSD. regional teams that you play twice a season. <laughs>
1: there we go. They should have. They should have had.
2: They should
0: have a a uh, like a press release. Um, and uh, they should have had like motion graphics and like big letters saying like the quadrant system, or something
2: like that. <laughs> Just something really. I'll bring this really up to the at top. the next
1: uh, school board meeting. I'll bring this up to Heather and <laughs> be like, he- Heather, I got some ideas here. Let's...
2: <laughs> do you think? Do you think anybody shows up and is like asking her about the NCHC instead of like the school board stuff? Because I feel like that. God,
1: I wouldn't. Much. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, I, like that's definitely she, happened
2: before. Like you, like she's getting ready to talk at a school board <laughs> meeting, and she and she goes up, and she was like, and the guy goes. What do you think of Elliot Buchholz's lines work this last weekend against Saint Cloud State?
1: I have a couple of Only questions we about that your refs,
2: <laughs> Tom Stearns, What do you know about it? <laughs> um, this <laughs> just prefacing this,
0: um, I, I am talking about football, but um, it uh, it's nice to be in a sport where there is a uh, algorithm and a computer kind of simulation that helps determine seeds rather than a subjective committee uh, because it seems like some fellow collegiate sports have had some trouble with that uh, decision-making system. I love their Ken snub Albright. of their
3: snub of Florida state looks great.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, now Florida, Florida state did sit out 29 players, but um, the, the other nah, part of it is if the, my thing is, I think, you know, four best teams in the country in terms of college football were probably some variation of Ohio State, Michigan, Texas, and Bama, and then maybe Washington. Um, so you weren't going to get the actual, you know, four best teams talent wise, and you usually don't in that setting. But um, I just wish that the because uh, college football had a good idea with the BCS. Um, until yeah, look taking... how popular that was. Yeah, right. Well, the the biggest issue with the BCS is that they were they took. Uh, they like weighted like voter opinion. It wasn't just computer. They like voted like, or they had like voter opinion. I do on the scale too, which is really stupid. Um, so what? I'm happy that college hockey doesn't do that.
1: Somebody yeah, smarter Brown than would me get in every
0: should.
1: year. Yeah, well, Brown should get in every year. Yeah. Um
0: the Brown
2: Invitational,
1: right? Or we should have an nit version where Brown and Sacred Heart face off like in a seven game series.
2: You would be the only person to buy tickets for that.
1: Oh, God, yeah. Can, let, that, maybe that's, that's, like uh, that's like Maction on steroids right there. Well, <laughs> may,
0: maybe that's where the uh, auto bid can go for the Atlantic Hockey Conference is, uh, is the NIT. <laughs> well, dude, Hockey.
2: picture this. St. Cloud State is in the national championship game, but the, the NIT uh, games is happening out east with Brown and Sacred Heart. Which game are you buying tickets to go to? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, I mean, definitely St. Cloud State, but I'll have Brown's card hard on my phone. I, no, I think I'll you're have lies. it on my phone. I'll have it on my phone down in the corner, just to, to see that disaster happen. You're
2: gonna ask him to put it on the big board for you.
1: <laughs> just just like one little corner of the big board for me, please. It's a big game. Um, but with. I'm sorry. Did you say Washington should not be in that group because no,
0: my, my whole point was just um, in terms of the top four teams of talent, I think it's some variation of like Ohio state, Michigan, Texas, and, and Bama. But in most college football seasons, you're not going to get the foremost. Gotcha. Te- gotcha. just, it just doesn't usually work like that. So I, uh, I don't know. Uh,
1: I, uh, I, ju- I just say that because at this time, Washington's up by 10. Yes, right? Washi-
0: Washington is beating Texas 31 to 21. And thank I thought God. Bama was going to win. And I thought that Bama was going to win today by two scores. So that shows you as much as I know about uh, collegiate football. I, I can't stand Texas. I,
1: I do. I I do want and somebody smarter than me can probably do it. Um, But I want. NHL as pairwise and just see what the pairwise ranking for NHL teams and just see how I thought about doing up.
0: that for the NFL recently. Um, I might I might maybe I should partake in that. Take a do it. take that undertaking. I, I
1: think you should take that out. I'd like to just kind of see some of the rankings and just kind of see where everything falls. I can and, tell you the
0: wild would still probably be in the bottom half. Well, tell you that much.
1: So especially with
2: uh, out for the foreseeable future.
1: Next yeah. prop bet. Back to the fish story. Um, we'll go with, uh, it was actually uh, nets off at home. Uh, kind of popped off the moorings. And uh, huge credit to the ice crew um, on this. Shout out Carson. Uh, Shout out Carson. Car- there we go. Yeah. Car- Carson, Carson is...
2: Peterson, friend of ours on the so ice crew. I... Meteorology I... student at St. Cloud State.
1: Mm-hmm. It's those meteorologists that always just get stuff done at St. Cloud. There we go. <laughs> um uh that's off at home Uh, the over under was 13 and a half i picked the over on it and i can only think of one game where it was somewhat of an issue and i think there was like three times it popped off in that game but other than that maybe one other time where it was just regular goalie not like somebody barreling into the net where of course it was going to pop off just regular goalieing so I, I thought also like with Posh and him, his first game, I thought maybe he would have kicked it off a couple of times, but no, nope, it stood tall. So kudos to the ace crew on that one. Uh, it's also nice
0: to not have stoppages every, um, um, I mean, that's every, <laughs> every like decent ten, scoring Every seven chance. minutes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Miettinen combined points, 45 and a half. Um, so that's Werner and VT. Uh, 45 and a half right now, they're combined at 23 um through 18 games. So they're so, on pace, just like, right on pace. pace. They're yeah. right on pace. Um, uh, depending on obviously how long the season goes, if it goes 40 games, um, they're on pace for 51. So, um, it's it, it's it, they're 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 on the the pretty good side, uh, there but uh, we'll we'll kind of see how uh, the rest of the season folds. That's going to be a really close one. Um, Augustana wins. Um, I don't know if you guys remember. We had the over-under at 7.5. They're at right 6 now, right now, correct, they're, right? They're at 6 right now. So Augustana looking good. I took um, the over
2: on that. I'm very proud. I'm pretty sure I took the under, uh, I think. Yeah, what did I
3: take?
1: That I don't remember.
3: You didn't... We don't have a what, what we actually
1: put. I, I now I'm intrigued. I I, I had. Did the some, does someone have
2: that? Okay. You, you doubted. Well, Chase make sure Brand. that we get that. How dare you doubt Chase Brand? <laughs> and they beat
1: Denver. I, 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 <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted Raboyne. I mean, he did yeah. cut his teeth here.
2: So. Yeah, uh, St. Cloud Southwest,
1: St. <laughs> Cloud Sioux Falls campus. So, yeah. It Should rolls off the tongue.
2: I want to go to the Pentagon play a hockey game at the Pentagon. Yeah.
1: And then we had Mason Saltquest goals. Over-under was at four and a half. And we are at one. Oh, um But... As I've been praising Solquist this year. I like so it's it's kind of this yeah, uh, the goals and that was kind of a meme. L O L Solquist is bad take by me to have that. And of course I was gonna pick the under. Um but do you know I I, I think he's been just overall solid play. I know he's not gonna be a perennial goal scorer, but um what started as kind of an LOL has turned into like, Hey, I I'm more than happy to eat crow on my, um, I don't know, how I basically, uh, didn't care for sulquist at the beginning and how he's turned it around in my, in my eyes. I maybe he was the same player and I was just a jerk before that could be it too.
0: I think he's made a pretty considerable step this year. I mean, he, the one thing that I think has really changed with him is that he's engaging in a little bit of playmaking and play driving at that center spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's one of the main reasons why Molinar had such a good start, and part of that too is Kukka. I think Kukka's taken a real big step forward and mm-hmm. scoring. Yeah, Kukka's I mean, been massive. He's he's got almost 15 points, and I he's having like his best scoring season already. Um, so, uh, Selquist is uh, is kind of an unsung hero, um, or he. He he kind of takes on that role, even though I'm sure plenty of fans recognize him as a as a key piece. And um, he doesn't put up the numbers of a you know top six center, but I when I watch him out on the ice, I think he plays like one at the college level. So I, I haven't had a lot of issues with him either.
2: Yeah, same here. Um,
3: eight points, and he's been injured for. I mean, he's missed some time too. So you put factor that. I mean, uh, yeah, if he. So around that 15 to 20 point range, that's exceeding my expectations. And you lump in, so. you add that to all the possession sort of advantage you get from him with his face-off uh, prowess. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, certainly a very valuable player for the team. Yep.
1: Uh, and then I, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the year, rolling my eyes at that Molinar Solquist Kuka kind of line thinking and, and having that at the top of the score sheet and, Uh, All right, flip over to the women's. Uh, uh, WCHA finish, uh, we had that at four and a half. Um, I picked uh, better than four. I picked at uh, four, obviously, and right now we're between four and five between St. Cloud and uh, Minnesota Duluth uh, for the women's team, and much like we thought at the beginning of the year, but we're on the good side of that, so... Um, we had a team save percentage of uh 920. Um, was the over under? Oh,
2: Posh is helping with uh women's. Oh, well, then that's uh, that's so, also very good. <laughs> so,
1: so that's uh, we're actually with the combination of uh, Jojo and um, uh, uh, Sonny Ahola. There you Jeez. go. Um, you know, uh, right now we're sitting at a team save percentage of 943, so obviously incredibly good. Would have been higher if uh, JoJo didn't let in that leaker against Minnesota Duluth, but uh, we'll we won't talk about that one again.
2: It's our old team, so it, we'll let it slide.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was the charity. Yeah, from from the charity stripe too, the blue one. Maybe,
2: maybe we should ask yeah. that question to to dump and change too.
1: <laughs> she did she did reference it though in the last podcast. She did say, "Yep, I'm not talking about that one that I let in." So <laughs> she is self aware about it at least. That's good. So
2: we should. Uh, but, um, I, I don't I don't mean to butt in at all, but we should talk about the recruiting class that the women's team just got. Because they got a pretty good goalie that's Sonny Hola's backup over there in Finland.
1: Yeah, I saw that um, obviously trying to get like a lot of stats and anything information regarding women's hockey is just like pulling teeth. Um, it, it, so it's I didn't get a lot of kind of um, insight about it, but obviously when I saw that we got a finished goaltender, I'm like, hey, I'm liking it. <laughs> you know it, it, it's worked out for for st cloud so uh l- let's keep that going so you're saying that she was the backup to Ahola at, she, for
2: she backed up sonny in the uh i don't remember what tournament it was but the last national tournament that she played in i believe i don't remember exactly when it was
1: um, and that's uh, that's Emilia Kirko. Kirko. I'm gonna guess Kirko. Yep. Um. And then a, a, a Finnish defender as well. Um. And I'm I'm sorry with the names. I, I I I don't know if I can. Uh, Siri Urola. Something along those lines. And then um, Maya Kruger, still water forward. I found this on the web. Um. So that's uh, that's kind of the 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 class. Stillwater has historically had a a strong women's program or a girls hockey program uh, for the high school level. So you know, anytime you get a recruit out of there, um, I'm pretty happy about it. So it's um, yeah, I'm and I don't know a ton about it, but obviously with Adelski at the home, I'm at the helm. I'm really trusting uh, what the what he's doing with that program. And um, Those were the were All the prop bets uh, that, that we had So I'm actually I'm really impressed with my lines Or the lines that we kind of came up with
2: Didn't we have on one about uh, didn't we have one about The number of ties at the frozen face-off this year Like, like neck ties I... Oh
1: yeah That's right oh, I, I do not remember that one I didn't write well, that one down
3: Well with Western Michigan doing well Um, that's really what it boils down to is, and I see like, it's mostly ties in NCHC coaches, but like out East, it's much more quarter zips
2: Tortorella with the flyers, wears a quarter zip, not a suit, which is something weird for NHL coaches changing fashions. It's, it's fascinating,
0: especially (laughs) for a guy who complains about like the changing ways of the game and non-traditional stuff to not wear a suit is very interesting
3: he's a character and like pecknold has like the best of both worlds because he's got like yeah. a quarter zip vest but also a tie it's it's mm-hmm. kind of kind of weird he's my right. kind of that's he my kind of guy really right sharp. there so <laughs> you win the national title fashion standards go out
2: the yeah. window
1: well, maybe he's a he could show up in
2: sweats and people would still like him yeah. God, I, w- I wish like a hockey coach showed up in like sweats or something. Could you imagine if like uh, Firstweiler might do it? Yeah, first he might. He might. Could you imagine if like Brad Berry walked into the Ralph wearing sweats and like a like a hoodie, calling a game? I feel like they. I feel like North Dakota fans would just be calling for his head the moment the puck dropped.
1: I'd like Bob to think, walk uh, he... in with sweats and a vest. <laughs> 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 I think that would be a look.
2: Do you think uh,
0: if if Brad Berry were to? To wear something like that, it would have Nodak on the front, or would it just be a Fighting Hawk logo? Uh,
2: knowing him, it would probably be the uh, the Namerdacted's logo. <laughs> I don't think probably. he's that staunch about it. I'm going to be real with you. Well, their <laughs> they're committing players I'm... are very staunch about it for some reasons. So. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I'm pretty sure they're getting it from somewhere. Because, uh, well, I mean, it's... What, what they're, they're probably like.
0: getting it from the, from the hive mind of the fans but over there. Was... there. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't want to
1: like be six when welcome. the nickname dropped. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, questions. Uh, Johnny Mac, uh, resident Photoshop expert. Um, uh, w- can anyone stand between Rosie and the Hobie Baker? So that's that's a good question. Um, hundreds a <laughs> serious, mm-hmm. but Rosie kind of coming on. We've ta- we've kind of praise him quite a bit so yeah it's been it's been good good question here uh from uh which freshman has impressed you the most so far and what surprises you we touched a little bit about surprises as well but kind of what freshman has impressed you uh the most who wants to start
0: um for me it's it's probably going to be Werner Mietnan. um he might not have the the points production to to maybe back I think how good of a season he's having, but he's been a dependable hand in the faceoff dot, which is something that Brett really values. Um, he was given top six minutes pretty early, um, and you know a, a lot of attention was put on um, Tyson Gross for his really extended role um, and his it, 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 the fact that he was called upon to replace Sulquist at a point in the season was huge, and he played really well, but. You know, Werner's been consistently a top six center on this team as a freshman, which is really hard to do. Um, Some of it is a product of circumstance to where St. Cloud just really didn't have (laughs) anyone. Um, But for Werner to be that, um, to be a player who has consistently been in that spot, who's been good in all three zones, has shown off some scoring potential. The the Miami series, I think, is a really good starting point to kind of see where a guy like Werner could be. You know, later on in his career, in terms of scoring production, um, and you know, he might not have the same kind of next level intrigue as his as his older brother, but in terms of a college player, I think Werner can can commit a lot to this team, um, and especially as a as a center too. I think, obviously, I don't know Brett's um, you know entire coaching system, but I kind of get the feeling that he wouldn't mind um, a taller center, and it seems like he approached it that way in this recruiting cycle with the fact that he brought in uh Miettinen and Gross because having a big body down the middle, especially with the way that you know St. Cloud likes to score goals sometimes, being in that kind of net mouth, that grease pan type, to get bodies in front of the net's huge. Um, so I think I think the I think from the the flashes of the potential that I see in Werner and, and how he fits into this system that St. Cloud State is trying to build especially with how exciting um, the next couple of recruiting classes are going to be <laughs> for, for the Huskies here. Um, I, I think Werner is going to be a key piece for St. Cloud State for, for, for as long as he chooses uh, to be a Husky. And um, I, think, I think he's impressed me a lot with just kind of the, the flashes of, of greatness that I see.
2: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I'd probably agree with Brian on that sentiment that, uh, Werner, uh, or I guess you call him Omega on this podcast. Correct. Is that, is that the correct pronunciation? Is he, is he the Omega? Correct. All right. So
1: <clears throat> he's the Omega.
2: Yeah. So yeah, I think I'd agree with Brian's sentiment that Werner in terms of freshmen has probably been the most standout and probably the MVP of that, uh, of that freshman class, uh, in terms of that, but guys, um, Guys like uh, Tyson Gross that Brian mentioned, but, you know, the taller centers where, you know, St. Cloud State's big question this this season was uh, center depth. And they tried Adam Ingram there for a little bit. Doesn't seem like he's going to be a center in college. Uh, Sorry if he's listening and if he takes that to heart. uh, I I think his talents are much more suited for the the love of God. I hope
1: no players actually listen to this podcast.
2: Now Mason Solquist used it as fuel all offseason, I promise.
1: Oh, well, there we go. He, he kept receipts. To... Oh, and... <laughs> kept receipts. See, Weldy? <laughs> That's what I goes hope, through his mind I every time I he makes a pass.
2: He may, he wins a face-off, right, exactly. and he's like, I showed him. No, but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. VD or not VD. Werner has probably been the uh, freshman MVP, I'd say. Uh, one guy that I know people are going to want to talk to who has, like, the most intrigue out of the freshman group, Barrett Hall. In flashes, has shown absolutely phenomenal potential. Whether that's as as forechecking, one thing that Werner does really well is forecheck. One thing that Barrett Hall does really well as well. He's great on the forecheck. He's a fast skater. He's got a wicked shot. We saw that on Sunday against Midy State. We didn't talk about it during our recap, but that that shot Mm -hmm. that he had on that power play where he just toe dragged in and fired it top corner off of where the corner off of where the post meets the the crossbar. One of the best shots I've seen from a freshman on this team and. I'm just yeah. this freshman group in all total is just all contributed. I can't think of a single freshman that hasn't, you know, contributed one way or another. I mean, Barrett, Barrett Hall, of course, Vernon and Tyson Gross, Warren Clark, Tynan, and Ewert, Caleb Deason, Isaac Posh. Uh, every freshman has has contributed. I don't think there's a single person on this roster that hasn't, you know, contributed at least something of substance to this team so far this season. Yeah, Andrew? I'd go,
3: I, I'd agree with, uh, with Miettinen for like all around production, Hall being more of the flashy player, probably with a little higher ceiling. He got off to, like the better start, it seemed like, uh, cooled down a little bit. Um, whereas uh, V Werner has sort of been consistent, if not like putting up points every game, but just per, uh, consistent in terms of his contributions with face-offs and, and just an all around presence on the ice. Uh, But it's close. And I've really liked gross of late as well. Um, I I, I like his, um, his play too. And I've really enjoyed Clark's development as a a guy who I really was cold on in October. He's really stepped up and flourished here. And I can see him getting to like elite status eventually in in his uh, college career and very good to see. So, yeah, there's no one easy choice here. Um, lots of good candidates, but um, I'll stick with the herd here and go with uh, with Omega. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, Hall was the one that obviously kind of jumps out um, with his potential and his shot. Um, you know, a little more than a half point per game, as you know, as a freshman. You know, coming in, I'll, I'll I'll take that. But you know, just the plays he is able to make, and seeing that as you know, you kind of see what kind of a high ceiling he has. So you know, I, I'll be kind of hard pressed not to say him. But I will say that um, I have been a big fan of Ryman's game. And oh yeah, his, I totally blanked on him. And. And, you know, where we're talking again about center depth and how he's been able to step in as well and, you know, some of the shots that he has been able to pull off um, and, and, and really help out for St. Cloud State when when needed to. I know he's only got the one goal, but that uh, one goal that he got um, against Minnesota Duluth, um, you know, just kind of stuck out in my head. But I, I just like his work ethic and um, how he always is able to drive the play, even though he's not showing up at the points. Um, you know, I, I just, I like how he is as kind of my, my B, I guess Barrett Hall is still my A, uh, when it comes to it. But, um, you know, you know, as Ewart kind of gets maybe a little bit more time kind of coming in, uh, Clark gets a little bit more development, you know, it's so hard coming in as, as a freshman defenseman and being impactful at this at, in, in college hockey in general. Uh, but I've really liked their um their trajectory so far. So yeah, I'm you know, again going in, I was whole hum on this freshman class, but as the seasons go on, i get more and more excited and you know, with the names coming in too, I'm just more excited about the future of this program. So it's uh it's great to see.
2: Yeah, who needs Leo Gruba? <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, who hates Huntsville, uh, from <laughs> drop shot, Bob, uh, that's, uh, Babaji state Huntsville, um, had an epic rivalry back in the, uh, back of the D two days and bled into the D one days They had. I can't remember who had a really good article years ago about like the history between those two teams, probably and Woden. They met, <laughs> I don't think it was Woden. I think, um, I can't remember who it was. If I can find it, I'll tweet it out. Uh, but I think they met a couple times in the title game. Andrew, you probably know more about that than I do. Did they... I think it
3: was three years in a row that they met in the D2 title game. In
1: the D2 title game, right? So, yeah. I mean, they were they were powerhouses. So, um, uh, Does Larson get uh, these two Ws on his record, or do they belong to Shyak? Um, interesting question um we had to do a little bit of research actually before the pod and we believe uh that uh they they would still go to larson because he's the staff he's the coach on record um so he would still get uh credit for it so shyak uh he his his if his goal is to try to take over by getting uh, Larson fired, uh, these two wins isn't helping his case. Well, he, has, um, he hasn't added.
2: he hasn't gotten back that win from when he was the Alaska uh, head coach in the early two thousands when we <laughs> tied it with point one <laughs> seconds left.
0: Yeah, um, with uh, Hanowski's goal.
2: Yep. <laughs>
0: so when was the last? Did time you guys? That Larson...
1: Oh man, ask him about that. Like, does he remember that at all? Do we brought think, it or... up
0: with him
2: uh, at one point. I think. Didn't we, Alex. I wasn't on that call. Remember? Are you talking about Shayak or Fish?
1: Shayak. Yeah.
2: Our first interaction we had with Shayak was at Saint Thomas last year, and we talked about that game. Oh yeah, we talked about it with him, and he was
0: like, "Oh, bad memories, boys," or something like that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, well, I'm glad he still um, talks to you after you brought that up.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we we did not uh <laughs> we did not get off on the right footing in that regard. <laughs> um, Good question so when was the last time good
1: question bad memory
0: <laughs> when was the last time that larson was away from the team for
2: juniors was it juniors was it last have, year or no, was it two the, years juniors ago? would have been the uh, mariuchi classic when okabe had four goals because he was with the olympics our freshman year and he hasn't been out since the olympics so but there were were there games coached during the
0: olympics yeah it was the one remember, yes. remember
2: we blew the three nothing lead to denver that that weekend Remember, we recorded okay. it because we had basketball to call with each other. We recorded it and didn't watch anything on Twitter. And then we went to the uh, the, the dorm room and watched it.
0: <laughs> so it, it looks like, uh, judging from St. Cloud State's website here, um, that they have for the bio of Coach Larson, the the records that they have on a year-by-year basis uh, coincide with just the total record. So um, I, I believe it just goes straight to Larson. Yeah. Um there was a situation like that too, um, with women's soccer last year. Um, I don't remember what the exact thing was, but I do remember that their coach had, uh, Greta McDonald, she had to be away for, for a certain amount of time. And she, um, she like earned her one hundredth career win while she like couldn't be with the team, so that was
1: kind of interesting oh, nice. that
0: that happened. But it was still her staff and her game plan and all that stuff, so it doesn't sure. doesn't matter that much. But it was de- it's definitely like a know, maybe if, if if any sort of St. Cloud trivia would exist, that would definitely be on there. That you know, there was a, a who- there was
1: a time back in my college days when I think it was Mont Montgomery got kicked out. Um, of a game against St. Cloud State and then went up to the press box and started communicating from the press box to the bench to like and still coach like from the press box, even though he was kicked <laughs> out. And I think he got suspended for a game for that.
0: <laughs> oh, goodness. So, uh,
1: if if I remember correctly, the hallowed that's what
2: halls happened. of the herb elevator.
1: <laughs> oh, man. if the, If that elevator could talk and i mean they probably have just a whole book on tj oshi stories i would imagine but <laughs> there <that's, laughs> was ah uh, there was um kind of one of my favorite uh you know calls times in the dog pound was before oshi was suspended because you know back in that day in those days back in my day Uh, North Dakota players got suspended pretty much every year for something (laughs) drunk that they did, whether it was throwing lawnmowers or peeing in elevators or letting people out of cop cars, anything along those lines. So Oshi was kicked out or suspended for a game because he did one of, or maybe all of those three. I can't remember the full story. I think it was peeing in an elevator, but I don't really know. Anyway, he was kicked out, but you know, chuck before the game back when they didn't have alcohol allegedly um obviously we snuck it in but um you know when they said no alcohol in the building usually the dog pound would chant we're already drunk we're already drunk we changed it for this game and pointed up at the press box and shouted oh she's drunk <laughs> oh she's drunk oh she just stands up and just gives a big old thumbs up (laughs) and then i think he scored a hat trick the next game because he was only suspended for friday's game or something or maybe like a four-point weekend because it was oh she duncan and taves and that line was ridiculous but anyway i wonder if i could find random box score i don't have the time or the effort to do it right now and we're already two hours long so so, with that random story uh, and anything, anything, um, anything else uh, as we wrap up the podcast, anything you want to plug? Um, you know, uh, obviously uh, KVSC, tune in. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, but uh, yeah, anything more you guys want to add?
2: Um, we announced it on the broadcast on Sunday against Bemidji State, but on Hockey Day Minnesota, that being January twenty seventh, KVSC will be. Uh, presenting the first edition of Hockey Day KVSC in partnership with Hockey Day Minnesota. So from 12 p.m. Ooh, nice. to 9 p.m. on uh, January 27th, that is the same day that Ohio State is at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center and the University of Nebraska Omaha is at the Herb Brooks National Hockey Center. From 12 to 9, we will have just hockey programming on the main airwaves. So we will have interviews with former broadcasters. One of them are already uh, is done with uh, Zach Fish, former voice of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey and now voice of the Hershey bears. And every now and then the Washington capitals will have a best of segment every now and then, which, you know, some of our best, you know, uh, some of the best games in Husky history that we have in our archives. I'm sure that, uh, that Nolan Walker tip in against the Mankato will, make an appearance or two at some point and I'm sure a certain Ben Hanowski goal against Alaska will also make an appearance at some point as well as well as we'll have interviews with players coaches um, as I mentioned former broadcasters but myself and Brian will probably appear on there once or twice as well but that first game um, on Hockey Day Minnesota I believe Brian will be on the women's hockey call on KVSC with Zach Chapman on on color so that'll be a fun time and then of course the 27th, myself on play-by-play, Brian on color, as always, whenever I'm on play-by-play, whenever he's not, whenever uh, he usually makes the trips for away games, but it depends every now and then. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to kind of forefront that movement towards, um, you know, the hockey programming that we have. It was something that I thought of a while ago to maybe think about doing. And I'm really excited to work in tandem with Brian, with Zach, with Gavin Nelson, our, uh, our in-studio host and, you know, with Jim Gray, and Dan Seeger, all the people that work at KVSC that make uh, everything that we do possible. So a big thank you to all of them. And I'm, I look forward to sharing more details with uh, the public as as time gets closer. So uh, feel free to stay tuned to at hockey, at KVSC hockey on Twitter, uh, myself on Twitter at Alex in the booth, um, Facebook, KVSC's regular Facebook, or just any place you can find KVSC and you'll hear more from it as the time gets closer. But yeah, that's all I really have in terms of announcements.
1: Perfect. Hey, that sounds like a lot of fun, and uh, obviously that's uh, that's a big series for Saint Cloud State. Um, Andrew was talking about getting points out of half of those games against the top uh, echelon of the brass of the WCHA, and Ohio State is definitely definitely that. So
2: they already did it once. They beat them once.
1: Yep.
0: Uh well I guess is it my turn now to, <laughs> to go right ahead to say some things. Um well I guess uh, first off uh, thank you for having us back yes. on again. It's always a really fun time to, um, to just kind of sit down and and talk hockey with you know um with with people who you know care about St. Cloud State hockey and. Uh, as much as Alex and I do, and have more history with the program in terms of watching it than I think Alex and I do, which it's it's always <laughs> nice to you know continue to learn new things and, um, and kind of gain those perspectives. And it, I, I I personally think that the um, the conversations um, you know that we that we have here on on the on the broadcast help with my uh, me personally. I mean, it certainly helps with not only my knowledge of Saint Cloud State hockey, um, but also just kind of the um, the continue continuing to cover the team, which has been a real privilege. Um and, you know, once again thanks to um you know Dan Seeger and Jim Gray for entrusting myself, um and Alex with that. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it, the the transition period of, uh, you know, the previous uh, Blake Tyson and Jake Bedell was kind of a weird spot for the station in terms of sports programming, just because of the fact that there were so many underclassmen at that time, which included myself and Alex. And the fact that we were chosen is still a pretty big deal to me. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, I uh, definitely thankful for that. Um, and like Alex said, um, if you are interested in um, not only supporting St. Cloud State Hockey, but uh, along with student media, I cover St. Cloud State Hockey, um, but also supporting you know, local university and community radio at KVSC in general. Um, we cover uh, a lot of, a lot of niches at the station, so we would hope that we have something for you <laughs> that you would enjoy um and uh we look forward to um you know serving listeners and um we are a public station so we don't you know take advertisements or anything like that we're listener supported and without people tuning in uh, there is no us um so we are not propped up by anything <laughs> but the uh, but the people who care enough
2: to uh support us and, and weldy is this coming out uh Tuesday morning correct Correct. And Brian, you can talk about what game you're going to be broadcasting. I guess tonight, in all technicality. Um, I guess yeah. I mean, I'll be. We're
0: not just we're not just hockey people, or at least I try not to be. I'm doing a lot of basketball this month, which uh, covers uh, a game tonight. If you know, if said episode is released on uh, on Tuesday or Tuesday morning, um, which is a Saint Cloud State basketball game, they have a one off against uh, University of Minnesota Morris, uh, the men's basketball team. I'll be covering that. Tip-off is um, at 2 o'clock. Um, Alex, remind me, is that on the stream or
2: Radio uh, X? Um, I think, I don't know. I don't even know what we have on programming tomorrow. I probably should. Uh, you're on the stream tomorrow, correct? You can be on Radio X if you want. There's nothing sure. else on there. <laughs> no, no, I'm fine with the stream.
0: Um <laughs> So, yeah, the KVSC Sports Stream, which is um, on our website at kvsc.org. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we, we support a lot of, you know, obviously hockey is a main focus here at the station and at the university. But, you know, uh, we as a, uh, as a sports collective at KVSC, I mean, I'm kind of half uh, programming and music and half sports and, uh, the other, the third half of me is news as well. I kind of <laughs> spread myself out it be um, third among the stations? Um, yeah, but I already went with the half metaphor, Alex. So I thought I would just be a little tongue in cheek with it, but thank you for, uh, bringing my, me joke my, 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 my math, my math
2: 103 course, Brian, I took the
0: same course, and uh, considering the things that you've said on the broadcast with numbers, I think I used it better than you.
2: I think neither me or, me or you. as ret- I don't <laughs> think me or you as both retained information well. That's true. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was, I was really proud of
0: the volleyball covers that we were able to put on this year with uh, Carl Gunner, uh, the volleyball team also, um, if other uh, St. Cloud State sports are something that you're looking to watch and listen to and pay attention to. I would pay attention to St. Cloud State Volleyball next year. Um, I'm no volleyball pundit, but I think they've got a real shot at a uh, national title next year Um, if they they can continue to progress the way that they are right now. Um, And, you know, coming up soon, things like baseball and softball, which have always been really good on the station. Uh, So if people haven't come across KVSC, I would encourage them to listen. Um, Obviously, that's little bit of a conflict of interest because i am the program director okay. of said station <laughs> so uh, but yeah i uh very glad for the opportunities that the radio station has given me it's you know one of the main reasons why i came to this university in the first place and um it's uh i, I would hope that i am utilizing those resources well and uh <sighs> once again thank you guys to uh Having us on, it's always great to talk hockey with you guys, and I would hope to cross paths in a uh, podcast setting once again. Either you know, right before postseason play, or during it, or whatever. Um, you know, there will there will be other points to you know chop up about hockey. So, always appreciate uh, being a guest on here, guys.
2: We'll do it live from the hey, championship well.
0: parade.
1: There we go, live from the Let's. Uh, oh, that's that's let, not. Let,
0: Let's try to uh, let's try to build up some wins here this month before we start talking like that. <laughs> One step at a time.
1: You seem you seem really nervous about uh, the upcoming games.
0: I I don't want to say nervous. I just um, you know Saint Cloud State's played the the bottom of the conference here to start the conference ladder, so I don't you know I don't want to come in with too high of expectations, but. Um, I mean, I think you said this, Andrew, earlier, but, you know, splitting with those top teams and just making hay with the bottom half of the conference, which St. Cloud State has already started that process, one part of that process, which is beating the bottom conference teams. And uh, St. Cloud State has had um, some good results against Denver and North Dakota recently. Um, Obviously, teams change from year to year, so it's not a, you know, it's a little bit apples to oranges. But I just, I don't know. Uh, the, The one thing that scares me... Uh, or I shouldn't say scares me. Uh, I am getting too. <laughs> I am getting too too exaggerated. The, the one thing that just concerns me is just that North Dakota and Denver are such possession heavy teams, um, and that's that's maybe something that I would watch out for to see how St. Cloud matches up with that. Because I am not expecting them to beat Denver and North Dakota in terms of possession. I, I think that's a losing <laughs> battle to try <laughs> to try and engage with that. Um, but it'll. I, I think the biggest thing is it'll just tell us a lot of what this team is made of and the the ceiling that this team has more than anything else.
1: Andrew. Any uh, final thoughts?
3: Appreciate you guys having or taking the time to join us. Always nice to have
2: you guys on. Hey, We're still on Christmas break. That's right. Technically. Yeah. Also happy new year. Happy new year
1: you too. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um I do have some good news. I was able to dig up some a little bit more information cuz we need this podcast obviously to go a little bit longer. Of course. Um So yeah, it was the oh seven oh eight uh season uh where St. Cloud won 3 to 2. Now Taves was already gone at this time, but Oshie didn't play in the Friday game. Because Oshi and a player from New Hampshire was suspended, and I found the CHN article. Um, according to Grand Forks Police Department, players were arrested arrested for disorderly contact at two twenty eight a.m. Sunday morning. Oshi uh, will miss Friday's game against Saint Cloud for what is simply described in the news release as a violation of team's rules. Uh, the UNH coach uh, suspended the player for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, and actually quoted uh supposedly they were in an elevator i don't know all the particulars about it other than the police were there it was one of those guys and one of ours that's all i needed to hear it was enough to do what i did i told him i was very disappointed i'm sure his family is he's going to miss two <laughs> important games for us Oshi has been in trouble before. He was arrested last January, along with Jonathan Taves, for being a minor in a bar. Well, it's North Dakota, of course they were. So, but uh, yeah, apparently that player uh, Raja, Raha, Radha, he had five points in the seven to four game. But anyway, uh, yeah, so St. Cloud won three to two in the first game, where Oshi didn't play, and then we lost six to two when Oshi did play. So that's uh, a little bit of closure. So I guess I don't know for a fact that he peed in an elevator, but I think he's actually on Cameo, so I could ask him for a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> I would like to know that story. And, and thank you. If anybody could go fund, we could raise maybe a GoFundMe if we could do a Cameo of like tell me the story of why you got uh, suspended for the St. Cloud game.
2: Maybe he'll tell us. And that was Well These Stat of the Night, sponsored by no,
1: yeah, it gritty St. Cloud if, <laughs> if they call us back. Um, yeah. And random box score um, if we want to. Let's see. Who scored in that three to two game? Uh, ooh, we were down two nothing. And then Ryan Lash, Aaron Marvin, and game winning goal by Nick Osland. There you go. <laughs> oh, from John Ammerman and Brett Borgen.
2: Oh my gosh. Moorhead hockey head coach John Ammerman.
1: Oh yeah, mm-hmm.
2: I talked to him. Now is uh, is Brett
0: related to Will? Or no, are, are I don't they believe so okay. No, like a yeah, Lisov situation to sure of this nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Will Borden
3: who sure scored scored in the Winter Classic today. Yeah, I don't yes to he score. did. I don't want Was start, a beauty man. of a goal knuckle, too. knuckle puck. Yeah.
1: So, well, uh, thank you everybody for listening again. Special thank you, Alex Bryan. Um, we'll be back next week. Andrew and I will be back next week. We're gonna predict the field. Our yearly tradition, and uh, we usually bat a thousand in it. So definitely, (laughs) definitely listen. And, um, you know, where I'll put Sacred Heart, uh, please pay attention. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, go Huskies. Woo. Woo!